Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I want Tim to add like a big heavy metal blast beat to that theme. You think that works? No. 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 Okay. No. No? Okay. Well, it's Friday, May 26th. Let's get in the weeds. <laughs> it's the end of the week. So clearly we're already uh we're already feeling real good. I am at Dole Pearl and uh we've got a really fun show today. Before we tee things up, as always, Mr. Jeremy Lambert is here doing his thing. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm I'm well. Uh, you know, it's Friday. Feeling feeling good on a Friday. Is there anything good on this weekend, Joel? You know, Rampage is actually back to its regularly scheduled spot this week. Oh, that's good. We got game yeah. game six against the Celtics and the Heat on Saturday. That's going to be a great game. Did you watch the game last night? No, uh, th- Thursdays are like my my hell night when it comes to work. <laughs> I have to do I have to do Impact. I have to do I just set up this show. I have to set up the Impact show. I have to watch Impact. I have to talk about Impact. There's a lot, of, a lot to do on a Thursday night. I pulling the curtain back. I didn't go to bed until about one a.m. and I was up at six this morning. So I'm sleep deprived and bags under my eyes. But uh, I did not watch Game Six. You don't have to do. It was Game Five last night, Joel. Get it right. I, listen, I also said the Celtics and Lakers in the finals <laughs> as a, like a total slip, and here we are. <laughs> Going to get the opposite of that. You don't have to do any of these things, Joel. You you choose to do them. That's my line of thought. Stop it. Yeah, you don't you don't need to do any of these. No one tell, forces you to watch Impact. It's part of my job. Yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna yeah. do it? I mean, it's, listen, it's not my fault. Ring of Honor decided to run a <laughs> nineteen thousand five hundred and seventy eight match show run for three hours. That was wild. I don't know why they decided to do that. But it, that it ate into what would normally be a, uh, a co-stream. It would normally be Kate and last night Kyle Sparks. But instead, they ended up going live at 10 p.m. Eastern, which would be the same time that we would normally start the Impact Post show. Because typically the Ring of Honor show goes a couple hours from 7 to 9. Then Reg and Kate would take over, do an hour, and then we would do the second hour. But everything got jumbled up because uh, Ring of Honor decided to run a ridiculously long card last night. Yeah, and you guys got destroyed in the ratings by my press conference yesterday. <laughs> Boy, did we ever. I don't know why you decided to do the press conference. I don't know what we're doing having press conferences on Overbooked. Why not? Like, why Why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we do a media call on Fightful Overbooked? It's the perfect kind of nonsense for this channel. Somehow our press conference lasted longer than the Impact one that, that was on Facebook. Yeah, because ours is good. <laughs> oh, no, don't say that too loud. <laughs> Look at the sides. <laughs> don't say that. Content, that's right. I'm I mean, sure I'm sure the Impact press conference was was fine. They they brought up the big stars for that one. 
uh macklin was there right pco diana and jordan like they were all there for that press conference just like we had the big stars for our press conference right right joel uh yeah <laughs> it wasn't brian myers hotch and skyler and local independent wrestler tyler turva who by the way i love all those guys i really do i think they're all very talented and i get to watch tyler turva anytime he's you know working at toronto indie uh, I just don't know why an entire press conference was kind of centered around him and Myers in the good hands. We'll we'll do more overbooked press conferences, Ryan. I promise. I don't know when. I don't know why. Just like I don't know why we did one yesterday, but it worked. People seem to enjoy it for some reason. Well, we've got plenty of stuff to talk about today, plenty to preview. And, of course, in a couple of minutes, we're going to be joined by Coastal Championship Wrestling's own Gangrel. And if the name sounds familiar... Gangrel has had a career worth noting almost everywhere in professional wrestling. We're going to talk about Coastal Championship Wrestling, his role there, uh, not only as a head trainer, but also as an active competitor. We're going to talk about his career in wrestling. Uh, very excited for that. I have questions about certain uh, a certain movie that he just uh, is starring in or is about to star in. So we're looking forward to that conversation very shortly once uh, he's here and ready for us. And then, of course, we're going to talk about Night of Champions. We're going to preview AEW Double or Nothing, NXT Battleground, uh, Impact Under Siege. Jeremy, there's a lot of stuff going on this weekend, and I'm excited to talk to Grant Grell. How do you feel? I'm so excited to talk to Grant Grell. I was, when we set this up uh, yesterday, I, the wife is a big fan, loves the theme music, loves the theme music, the, the brood theme just comes running whenever it's on. And she's just like, please just tell him how much I love his theme music. That's, that's all I want you to do. Just please tell him how much I love the brood theme music. I, was like, I, I will tell you, but Gangrel, yes, had a very storied career, still having a career involved with coastal championship wrestling. Now I'm, I'm super excited to talk to Gangrel. This is when we started doing this show, I didn't think, I didn't know what to expect out of this show, but interviewing someone like Gangrel, who's like done and seen it all in the business was not something I like really expected. So it's, it's pretty cool. I got to say I'm the fan in me is very excited for this. Well, he is backstage right now, just to pull the curtain back a little bit. Uh, if he can hear me and if he's ready, he can give me a thumbs up and maybe we can just get on started. He's given me a thumbs up. So I guess we're just going to dive right in. I, we say it on the show. We love it when people come early. And this is one of those times. Ladies and gentlemen from Coastal Championship Wrestling, from around the entire wrestling world, we're going to talk to him right now, the one and only Gangrel. Hello, sir. How are you doing? And fanging and banging 24-7. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Well, it's good to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, right off the top, Coastal Championship Wrestling, we just want to get this fir- first plug out of the way. You guys do have tapings coming up May 27th, May 28th uh, at the CCW Arena, in, CCW Arena in Pompano Beach, Florida. Get your tickets over at CoastalChampionshipWrestlingFL.com. Did I get it right? Yeah, sort of, yes. Okay. What did I do wrong? I might have a coastal shirt on because I had to go do some. I, I, I didn't get in until four in the morning, so you got to forgive me. And I was up at five thirty running errands, and uh, it's, it's hectic, man. Like I said, it's twenty four seven. But there are tapings. It is at Coastal's uh, venue, but it, it, it's a different brand. It's Championship Wrestling from Florida, the old CWF. So uh, with Kevin Sullivan heavily involved, and uh, bringing back that retro feel. And the old old Florida style of wrestling and stuff like that. So it's a very exciting weekend. Um, tough weekend to do it on Memorial Day weekend. I would love more myself to be at the beach as a vampire. I'm a tanfire, but 
Uh, I took this weekend off to work on this project. So uh, so we're going to be there this weekend. We got two tapings, one at 6 on Saturday, one at 4 o'clock on Sunday. But uh, I'm very excited about it, uh, being a Florida guy growing up here in South Florida, born and raised. And uh, so growing up and watching championship wrestling from Florida, I'm very, very excited about this project. So I guess right off the bat, then I, I should ask, what what made this the right time to do championship wrestling from Florida content and bring stuff like that back to the masses? I, I don't know if anything is ever the right time. It's just how it falls falls into place. You know what I mean? You know, you see an opportunity, you seize it. You know, I, I think maybe we rushed it or we're jumping on it. I think uh, we should maybe had a little bit more of our ducks in a row personally. They're, they're, they're probably the office guys are probably going, what the hell is he saying on here? But, but uh, because, you know, you know, when you do everything and you, you got to, in this day and age, Coastal, uh, CCW runs so many shows. They run like 150 shows. You start getting spread thin and you're not trying to use cross talent. You're not trying to cross talent, but to have a large amount of fly-ins gets very expensive. So it stresses the budget. So I think long-term it kind of hurts, hurts the, the content of the show. Like when you're on a little bit of a limit of who you can bring in and can't bring in and stuff like that. So I would have liked to have stretched it out a little longer and had some more ducks in the row. But um, is there ever really a right time? You just got to go for it, man. You're either all in or you're all out. That's, that's all in. <laughs> Tell us about the, the vibe of the show because um, the promoter Nilo was mentioning looking for kind of a throwback vibe. Uh, Dan Lambert's involved as well and you know, kind of bringing back sort of the, the territory days. So what can you tell us about the, the overall vibe of the show? Uh, very excited about Kevin being involved, Kevin Sullivan. Kevin is writing the show. It, it, it's Kevin. So... And a lot of people ask me, what's going to make this different than CCW? Well, what's going to make a difference is Kevin writing it. It's not Nellio or his booking staff writing Coastal Championship Wrestling and stuff like that. So, and what's exciting for me about it is I'm learning from Kevin. I'm learning how to, uh, I'm learning how he put things together, how, how he views things and his mindset and wins and whys and all that. So that's a very exciting time for me. It's just, just, just a person that loves professional wrestling and being in it 37 years. I learn every day. So uh, every minute I spend with Kevin, I'm learning. Dan Lambert is amazing. Uh, I believe he gets overlooked and stuff. Sometimes his promos, he's just out there speaking the truth and stuff like that. But he is such a historian on championship wrestling from Florida. He is so passionate about it. So uh, I think that's going to be very cool to bring bring him in on that. I, I need, we need more people with that kind of passion. Running a wrestling training facility, I wish everybody had the knowledge of professional wrestling like Dan Lambert does when they walk in there. I don't care if they're hating, if they're hating on it, they're mad and they're cussing, but they're watching it and they have a knowledge and history of professional wrestling, and that's missing so much nowadays in wrestling. Now, people think I uh, get down on all the uh, the big moves and this and this and that. I, I'm not at all. If you go back and watch my earlier stuff, you'll see me doing silly things like jumping off the top of a pole across the guardrails and stuff, thinking that's what I had to do. But uh, but just uh, just I just I love all that, but I think you need that history of professional wrestling, and then I think I wish everybody had the knowledge of all the past and you know, all the wrestlers that they. And that's what uh, Kevin's there, and then with Dan, with his with his uh, fandom, you know, his his knowledge from being a fan of it is going to add a lot to it too. And uh, just really looking forward to it. I, I think that's what's going to be different. It'll be retro. It, 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 you can't create anything new. The only thing new is what's been forgotten. Um, but I think you, could, you can rewind things back and then sprinkle in some of the modern in it and um, do it. I'm just a little worried, you know, uh, that it's rushed. I'm worried that it's rushed. I really am. They'll kill me for saying that. But that's truly my, my biggest fear is it's rushed a little bit. Like, 
because uh, there was no right time to seize it. Things just fell into place right now. And they said, all right, we either go for it now or, or we don't. And we went for it. So, uh, man, I'm excited. It's like Pandora's box. I don't know what's going to open, what's going to come out, or how it's going to go. The whole world made crap on it on Monday morning. I, I don't know. But I know that I'm truly passionate about it. I know Kevin is, and I know Kevin's really worried that his name's on that. And, and he doesn't want people looking at him going, oh, he's lost it, or he's out of his mind, or what is Kevin thinking, or something like that. Truly, truly, so brilliant. And I'm learning so much from him to, to carry on. Because I believe wrestling goes in cycles as well. And uh, I think it'll go back to some of the storytelling and, and um, you know, characters and, and getting things across and just uh, just learning so much. It's just a learning experience for me. I feel like uh, a guy that just went back to the school again. I have this passion. And it's on for the whole other side of wrestling. It's not the in the ring, but it's just the wins and whys. And then I didn't know. that I just did naturally. A lot of it, I just felt naturally. But I think if I would have had this knowledge as I went into – uh, WWF at the time, or other, or the tail end of territories. If I could have had this stuff, I'm learning now. It would have been a lot different path. But um, I'm grateful for everything and, and and the journey. The journey is the jewel, and and I love it, and I'm very excited. So I got a, a bit of a two part question because you're talking about training, and we're talking about uh, throwing it back a little bit. My first question is: since you're the head trainer at Coastal Championship Wrestling, what's the first thing that you tell students who come in looking to train under Gangrel? The first thing is, I tell them to leave. <laughs> Ron, this is not for you. I mean, you know, and I'll ask him constantly, is this a hobby or is this something you want to do? If it's a hobby, tell me it's a hobby because, you know, I'm not going to, like, waste my time or the class's time. If it's a hobby, I'll, I'll, I'll train you well enough to get through. But if you're passionate about it and, and you want to train, I need, I'm going to come at you 100% and then some to try to get you in the right place because I – I truly believe that footwork is so important. You know, uh, when I train young ladies and, and gentlemen, I, I, I would spend, if I could, I know it's about faster pace now in this, this society, generation, everything has to happen, like bing, 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 kind of like CWF is. But uh, I would spend three weeks on the floor alone with them, just walking through footwork and learning to roll out there on the floor before they ever get into a 16-foot ring. Then I would teach them the moves from, like, Headlocks, wing locks, top wrist lock, double leg, single leg, uh, double wrist lock, takeover. All, all these moves that don't involve ropes or anything. And then when they could tell me a story in that 16-foot ring in the center without breaking contact for 20 minutes, I move them into an 18-foot ring. And then I add ropes, tackles, and other things in. So, you know, that first three to five months, I would spend on footwork and bumps and rolls, you know. But it's a lot faster pace now. But I tell them to get out the door when they first come in. I say, get out of here. It's not for you. And then um, – but uh, they stay, and, and I'm very blessed to uh, have students that actually care. I tell them to watch more wrestling. I try to give them a quick uh, – I try to feel them out on their history of wrestling, what they know and how far back they've been watching it. But unfortunately, I could say 90% or 80% of uh, the people that walk through the door are, haven't watched anything from the 80s or the 90s or even possibly in 2000. You know? <laughs> it's it's kind of sad. But uh, hopefully it can turn that around. We do a lot of history. I, I send them out. Last week's homework was night, they had to come in and give me matches from 80 to 82. I didn't care where, what era, or like, like uh, what, if it was all Japan women or if it was Mid-South or Middle East, whatever. They had to go watch matches. So I try to keep a lot of that history in there, which goes back to the stuff that is really cool that I'm learning from Kevin, you know. And that kind of brings me to my follow-up is you're working with a lot of up-and-coming talent, both in training and also in the ring live in front of fans what stands out in today's crop versus when you were coming up 
and you were getting started in wrestling or just making your name? What what do you, what do you mean? What stands out? Like what stands out of like today's crop of talent? What what's different? What's what stands well, differently? I, I I blame this. This is gonna sound negative, but I blame video games and movies. You know? <laughs> like, so what stands out is a guy will come in at 150 pounds and and thinks he could take out 10, 310 pounds, six foot five guys. You know, uh, so it's more acrobatic. Uh, they're more. Uh, it, I always say think think shoot but work right. It's got to be believable. So if, if you're five ten and, and I'm six four and I want to walk through the door, and you're telling me not to go. Am I really going to walk around you, or, or am I going to move you? You know, I want them to be believable and, and think, shoot, but work. You know, and this generation, it's more acrobatic and it's more video game set. So they come in there. You gotta, you gotta kind of we do that, but you don't want to crap on that because that, that that's things evolve and that's kind of where it's at. But you want to be able to guide them and then give them enough. Uh, history give them enough foundation and understanding to when and where to put these things so they can still do these great amazing athletic things but put them in the right places at the right time not running across the ring like a herd of cattle here running from a ufo to run back over here you know just to catch somebody from the top rope to understand why you're doing that move when to do that move and and, and where and how to get there safely with the less less foot movements and stuff like that where where everything, you know, I, I teach them constantly. I say, uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not a race out there. It's just being in the right place at the right time, having confidence and, and trusting yourself and trust your gut. Trust your gut. If it doesn't feel right and it feels off, more than likely it is. You know. <laughs> so, who are some people that that you've trained re- either now, recently, um, or in the past that that stand out to you? Of like, all right, this this guy or girl has it and should probably be on television sooner rather than later. Uh, Jacob Fatu, I trained, he, but he's doing this thing out there, Jacob Fatu. Uh, Rusev Miro, I trained with him. So they're out there. Uh, we got guys coming up in the school now here. Uh, personally, in my set right now, in my circle, there'll be one to watch out for called Damian Finrear. Uh, Dan Lambert will be working with him. Uh, there's a, a French trio gentleman from Haiti named Lakai who's tremendous. If he just gets the right opportunity, the right place to do something. There's Ruthie J. There's Matoldi, another Bulgarian. I got another Bulgarian named, they call him Meadow, but his name is Matoldi. Uh, I don't know if he won't be doing championship wrestling Florida, but he's heavily involved in CCW. Uh, he's another one coming up. He was like one that first joined. He, he, he came in from Bulgaria. He, he washed dishes. He went to the wrong city. He went to Pensacola. Up in South Florida, he went to Pensacola. He didn't realize it was like, he just went to Florida. <laughs> Dude, I'm like eight hours or 12 hours away from there. So he ended up working little jobs. He got down there. His uh, first month in wrestling, he ended up with somehow he ended up with blood on his brain from holding his breath. I kept telling him to quit. Get out of here. It's not for you. Go back to Bulgaria. Uh, you know, save your heartache. But, man, if he's not going to be another another success story, I, I truly believe he'll end up on, on TV sooner or later, too. He's going to follow in the footsteps of Muto. Hopefully, he uh, hopefully he stays a little bit more uh, focused in there. <laughs> but uh, but Tony's a great kid. So yeah, there's a few of them coming up. Ruthie Jay's another girl. She's done some darks. There's there's a lot of talent coming out of there, and they'll be coming up soon. I'm a uh, I'm a big ECW fan from back in the day. Oh yeah, you you, uh, you had some time in ECW, and I don't think many people realize that, including a match you tagged uh, against the Steiner brothers. <laughs> Can you talk about working with the Steiners? And also, if you've got ECW stories, I will sit here for days and listen. <laughs> well, ECW, I can tell you, this was the first one 
I walked in and seen him openly snorting cocaine and taking acid before the matches. I was like, what? <laughs> but I should have known that being with Luna. Uh, working there, and that was the mindset in that place, insanity. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, ECW was, uh, you know, I don't, I kind of just fell into it. Me and Luna are the weird spot in our relationship. We're kind of back. And uh, I, I think it was more of a rib. I, I, just, I truly feel like they believe me in, run me in to rib me or something. I go in there, I work Hack Myers, have a fun match, not Hack, uh, Hack Shaw, Hack Myers, he passed away. I had a, a match with him, and then they had me do this match with Dreamer immediately back to back. But it went well. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a one of those all over the place matches. So I thought that would be it. But then they brought me in and they were, say, you got to work the signers. And I got along great with the signers. So they would go, hey, make it look good. I think they want us to rough you up. They would say weird things like that. I go, what the heck is going on? So I always got the vibe that I was. Being ribbed there, but uh, but I never was because like uh, not, nothing ever happened. So it was just I was just, just like weird throwaway matches, weird throwaway matches, and eventually I just drifted out of there. And uh, me and Luna separated for a while, and that was it. So I wasn't there very long. I mean, I probably did. Uh, well, I, I don't know, probably ten, no more than fifteen matches there. You know, a lot of it was when I came into Florida, but I think it was just throwing me in there. I, I say ribbing, but it wasn't ribbing. I don't know what it was. It was just, it, it was, I, I loved it. I like that. I love that style. I'm great with that style. There's no thinking to it. You just go out there, feel the crowd, and I, I say fight, but wrestle, do whatever feels natural and, and safely and put it in things. But it was a fun time, and it, it was a brief and a short time. But I do love ECW. I'm with you. I think there's a time and place for everything, and I think that was the right, right place and time for that, and it's amazing. I love going back to 2300 Arena. I'll be back there in July. Uh, so always a good vibe in there. Uh, nothing but good memories. Uh, even even the, the the short brief time that could look on. If I if I dug deep into it, I probably could turn it negative in some way. But but uh, it, it was all good times, you know. You you remained active on on the independent scene. You recently wrestled uh, Josh Bishop, who we had on the show, and and talked about that match. You wrestled Orange Cassidy a couple <laughs> years ago. Like what Josh, was what was that match like? Share the ring with him. Josh has curly hair, a big blonde, like a little. Yes. Big, yeah. yeah, he's cool. <laughs> he hits hard. Did he hit you hard? No, he didn't. I think he was working extra light because I said, if you hit me hard, because uh, Kurt Hawkins, Brian Myers told me, hey, he's a big stiffy. <laughs> so I said, hey, like before the thing goes, and I guess uh, Brian was winding him up. So I, he came in there working extra, extra light. Then he realized probably that I'm the stiff one. I'm in the one pounding on people. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like? Hockey goes, hello, stiffy. <laughs> what was the match with Orange Cassidy like sharing the ring with him? Because he's on an incredible run right now with AEW. It was weird because I had a lot of older guys uh, come to me. This is like he had just signed, but I don't think they've done anything yet. When I had that match, I might have been on a, a joint Game Changer show maybe. I'm not sure. It was uh, somewhere yeah, outside. It was BLP, yeah, it was BLP uh, Game Changer Two Cups stuff. Yeah. I think it was Mania Weekend before AEW like, had their first show. Yeah, and I, I think we were going to the ring. Like, I looked out there, and all the, the older guys were calling me up. You're going to have to kill this kid. You know, like, like some of the older guys, I'm not going to mention their names, but they were shitting on him. Like, hey, he's taking the piss on wrestling, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> you Because know, as they're telling me this, they, I don't think they stop and think about the characters I've done. I was the black heart, so I was the bastard son of Stu Hart with a black mask. And then I wrestled as a vampire. So I'm like... <laughs> I, it, you know, I'm sure those guys, when I was coming in in, in uh, 87, 88, 90, and all that, were going, what is this kid doing? You know, same thing they're probably saying about Orange Cassidy. They're saying about me wrestling with fans. 
know what I mean? So I'm like, ah, I don't know. Let me let me hear it out and get there. So I start watching the show. I look out there, fella. I don't know. It might have been G. Raver. I don't know who it was. Fell from the ceiling, about ripped his arm off, and was bleeding all over the place. It was blood everywhere, glass. And I go, so I, I come back and I could tell Orange Cassidy was really nervous to to uh, kind of try to explain his character to me. But I I knew it already. And, uh, and I knew, I've been on shows with him before he was doing the Orange Cassidy thing, so I knew he was a hell of a worker. And, uh, but he, he was nervous. <laughs> he goes, what do you want to do? I go, I, I want to do exactly the stuff you do because there's nothing else we could do after everything that's happened out there. There's blood, guts, dives. They have seen everything but comedy, you know? So uh, that was the only approach to go that, that made sense. And I went out there, and, um, and, and I'm not against trying any new things and stuff like that. And, and it... it Turned out it worked. It was for that crowd, that that building, and um, it, it worked for the for that that set. So I, I think he's a great guy. I talked to him and saying how how long do you think? You know, my biggest concern when I was talking to him after that match, as he's talking about going to eight, as he's going to AEW, how long could he do that character or make that type of character work? How 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 much longevity is in being like the slop, you know, whatever the deal is, one cool summer, whatever, <laughs> where you just you know wearing backpacks and kicking people, you know. How long do you think he could do that before it gets old? And uh, he's doing it a lot longer than I thought he could. He said he was going to hopefully transition out of it, but I, I don't think he's had to. I think it's still getting over, and people are buying it, and and uh, happy for him. Can you talk to me about Vigo? Which Vigo? I'll be <laughs> the, uh, after Dark. Yeah, let's talk about the After Dark. I saw that you're going to be the star of that movie, and there's a, a few other wrestlers that are notable in this uh, in this feature. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a vampire movie, of course. It only makes sense that be my first role would be in a B-horror movie, Vampire. Uh, so it's kind of like the um, Sin Bodhi's in it, Paul London's in it. It's, it's like the Lost Boys meet interview with a vampire, basically. So uh, Vigo is a Venture clan, which uh, I wrestled with Gangrel. Gangrel was a clan. Uh, there'd be like another clan would be Bruja. So it's not like... You're, this is the type of vampire you are. It's kind of like a family name, like Heath is a family name or, or whatever your last name would be. So uh, more of a proper like 18th century vampire or something like that with a puffy shirt because that's why I got put into that spot. And uh, Simbodi, he, he's opposite as a vampire, uh, but he's a bruja. He's opening a nightclub. He's trying to mingle with humans and make vampires cool and relevant. And What I much wanted to do in WWE is the vampire character and uh, i want to keep it dark secret you know i got my group of uh, vampires eating rats and i'm keeping them you know i'm kayfabing them everything i'm keeping them in the dark about everything so to speak but i'm in the uh, next room killing hookers prostitutes and whatever homeless people <laughs> you know, i'm dining on blood feasting and this and that so basically it's just a struggle of uh, uh vampires coming up and an old school vampire trying to keep a uh, rain on some stuff on the old school one and then ends up in a Big, big uh, fight scene towards the end, and and I don't want to tell you everything, but uh, but but yeah. So it's basically the Lost Boys meet interview with a vampire. It's fun. It's a four bar four bar horror movie shot. Like I did all my stuff in like less than four days, which he was cramming it in there. But my schedule is so crazy. I, I'm so blessed. I I still wrestle Friday, Saturday, Sundays. I'm training Monday through Thursday, and then squeeze the stuff like the movie in and stuff like that. So I'm very blessed and, 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 and I love professional wrestling and I owe it everything. It, it saved my life and it's still saving my life. And I'm just grateful. But that movie was it's something new. It was fun. I've done acting. I've done stuff like Cougar Town. 
little bits and pieces here and there. But that was cool to do that. I kind of felt like I got the fever for the flavor. But uh, I'm so busy that I didn't chase that, you know, that flavor, you know. Uh, but I feel like, yeah, I would like to try to do another horror movie. I want to call with Tom Devlin. I want to get with him and pitch pitch one I got. Maybe I'll invest my own money in and do my own kind of project with him on something else. But we'll see how that goes. But but I did get the fever for it. The fever for the flavor. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. One person that uh, a lot of people have asked about, she made her debut last year at AEW, Double or Nothing 2022, um, and you helped train her, Paige Van Zandt. Hasn't been seen since then. Has she been training or anything like that with you? You haven't seen her, and I haven't seen her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think she broke her foot or something. So she did that. Uh, she did that match, whatever it was. Uh, I believe I was there that weekend because um, I did something with the Young Bucks, I believe, uh, out in Vegas. And... Uh, for AEW, but came home. She said she was going to come review the match, and then, uh, then I didn't see her. I, I, I haven't seen her. And then, like a week ago, she wrote me saying she wanted to come back and start training, but uh, I haven't heard back from her. So I said, I'm here. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> she had a lot of potential. Uh, she seemed to like it. She picked it up naturally, but uh, I don't know what happened to her. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a crazy world. They, they make so much money on these OnlyFans and this and this now, and I feel like they just they – just, they're going to cash in on all that instead of get out there and grind. I, I have no idea. I really don't know. Cause, but she did write me saying she wanted to come back and train. And I, I could tell you she had a lot of potential. And I think if she would have trained uh, steady at it, like you do anything in life, that she could have been very successful at it. You have been at this for so long. You're in your 50s now. You're approaching your mid-50s. There are two other names that you face in WCW that are also in that ballpark, and that's Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, both active wrestlers. One, working with them back in those days, what was it like? And B, what's the secret to being so active and still with it in your 50s as a professional wrestler? Yeah, I'm, I'm 54 going on 55, so I, I'm not sure how old Jericho is, Ray, But uh, Ray, he's amazingly – I don't know how he's doing it, the abuse he takes, you know, because he was a smaller guy and he gets throw it all over the place. Jericho – he, he always, uh, he works smart, you know. He, he did big moves, but he did them in the right places at the right time. Uh, I, but the secret to it, what I believe the secret to everything is, is, is Russ never sleeps, you know. A rolling stone gathers no moss. Like, if you just keep going, when you start changing, oh, I'm going to start cheesing my bumps and lean them a little bit this way. Bumps are longevity. Clean bumps, I teach that in classes. If you bump right, you do all your landings, and you roll and you fall, you do all that correctly, you'll be here 38 years later telling somebody else how to do that, you know, because you're going to take care of your body. So uh, clean bumps, you know, not anything reckless. You know, they say you have a bump card. Uh, you can only take so many. But I believe if you take clean ones and you take them properly and you're trained properly, you're, you're going to have long longevity. It's the ones when you let the other person kind of take you out of your rhythm where they're picking you up or something. Those are the ones where they go kind of wrong, you know, where they, where they have more power over, over your control. And um, that, that's the ones that hurt you and stuff like that. But I think it's just staying active. I, I've seen guys say they were retiring or whatever. They're going to stop wrestling. Three months later, I wouldn't recognize them. You know, you, 
you quit trying to stay current. You, I mean, you stop with silly stuff like trying to keep your hair the right color. Are <laughs> uh, you like you start blowing the gym off a day here, a day there? That becomes like a week here, a week there. You're like. You start going, ah, what does it matter if I eat Chinese food three times a, a, a week instead of just one as a cheat meal? You know, little things like that. And then your body is not active either. You're not on the grind. It's programmed. And uh, it starts, it says, hey, this guy's not abusing me. He's not running. I'm going to start healing myself. So little things that have been out for like 30 years are trying to naturally work yourself back in where, where they belong. And then and, and the pain kicks in, the arthritis kicks in. And stuff like that. So I believe if you're active and it's not bothering you, uh, you're able to bump still, bump clean, bump, bump, bump frequently, but smart, and and just keep moving, man. Keep moving because I mean, when you stop, it's all going to catch up to you. So and it'll all end soon enough. You know, <laughs> you can't cheat time. So uh, just enjoy it right up to the end. We have a, a super chat from uh, Demolition Worm. It says, Yo, Gangrel, how is Morbius in real life? Are y'all Morbin? I will ask, have you seen this film, Morbius, with Jared Leto? No, I haven't seen it yet. It keeps popping up, but I just haven't had the time to sit down and watch a two-hour movie. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I've, not, I've, I've not seen it. I've heard things about it. Uh, I feel like you maybe should have been contacted about this uh, when it comes to, to vampires and everything, but maybe maybe the sequel. Hopefully now, the sequel. I have to check it out. I won't have any time this weekend, but I will make time. I have so much wrestling on my DVR that I can't even catch up on. <laughs> like, I'm glad they're not asking any current wrestling questions. I'd be like, <laughs> I don't even know, man. I have to I have to listen to uh, your guys' stuff here and there or somebody else's just to catch up on the brief stuff. And then we on is that BS or is that legit? All right, that makes sense to me. I, I don't have time to even watch all the wrestling shows. I have to cheat and listen to the quick uh, uh, news sites and everything else. <laughs> there's a lot out there, a lot of wrestling out there. Just this weekend alone, there's about you know 13 hours of wrestling this entire weekend. That's talking about TNA and this and that. Really. I'm like, man, I, I have TNA recorded too. I just I haven't even watched that. And I have uh, I trained Jay Vidal. He's there. Like, I don't know if you see uh, – and uh, so I assume he's doing well there. I, I mean, he's a manager slash he's getting some matches, but uh, I, I need to I need to watch because he always asks me, did you see my stuff, Miho? I'm like, no. <laughs> well, he did, he just did a bunch of stuff to set up uh, his. So he's he's managing Giselle Shaw, but he was basically representing Giselle in the build up to the match against Trinity that's airing tonight. So yeah. he's he's definitely getting some spotlight and that's good news. And this matches. Yeah, he's he's doing better. He's doing great. He's really uh, – he's young. If he puts a little bit more size on, you know, I think he could break out of that, that spot and become a, a star. He really can. You know. Super t- uh, I've, I've a, I have a couple quick hitter questions for you. The first one is, do you prefer fangin or bangin? Prefer them both, 24-7, fangin and bangin. You knew that was the answer, Jeremy. You knew. <laughs> I was trying to see if there was a, a favorite there of the fanging or the banging. Right, with me, you can't fang out banging. You can't bang banging. So it's just fanging and bang. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, another one. Your your Twitter handle is Gangrel13. There yeah. is another famous person who has a 13 in their Twitter handle. It is Taylor Swift13. <laughs> Do you think she is paying tribute to you with her Twitter handle? No, I'm not paying tribute to, to uh, T-Swizzle either, but I do like her. And I just heard that the other day that, that 13 was her lucky number. And I went, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> like, 
Oh, wait, now I got to ask, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? Uh, you're going to kill me, but it's Shake It Up. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to kill you at all. Are you kidding me? That's that's my karaoke song right there. That's that's a banger right there. No, that, that's such an easy headline. Gangrel's favorite Taylor Swift song, Shake It Off. Thank you for the Taylor Swift content. Always love that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's that's all I've got. Jeremy, are, are you good? Are you satisfied? Yes. Anything else that, that we need to touch on that we may have missed, Gangrel? Uh, no, everything's good. Uh, <laughs> thank you for covering that. Championship Wrestling from Florida this weekend. I'm out there. I, I, I'd like to say thank you to all the, all the fans personally because uh, – and I, I do this all the time because I can't do what I love without them. I can't do what I love without you guys uh, keeping – wrestling current and in and, and, and the homes of everybody too and in their mindsets and stuff like that. So thank you to everybody, the whole whole crazy wheel of professional wrestling, the fans, the, uh, the shows, the, the news sites, the podcasts. Thank you to everybody for just let, allowing me to be able to do what I love and, and keep fanging and banging. You know? <laughs> well, there you go. We got it. Uh, once again, Kevin Sullivan at the Creative Helm this weekend championship wrestling from florida returns it's going to be taped on may 27th 28th that's this saturday and sunday if you're watching us live at ccw arena in Pompano beach florida tickets are available at coastal championship wrestling fl.com this time i think i got it right did i tremendous wonderful i I have no idea i don't even know (laughs) (laughs) it's fine and share retweet and share i don't handle any of that stuff totally fine as I go, oh man, it's a, a day before the show. So I went on there. You'll see I had like a, a lot of quick shares all of a sudden. I'm like, I better share this. <laughs> part in this stuff here. Gango, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. We appreciate the conversation. All right, guys. Have a tremendous weekend. Thank yeah. you. You too. Good luck with everything this weekend, okay. Gango. Oh man, that was great. Just That was so good. So, so excited fun. to have someone like him join the show again when we started doing the show i didn't know what to expect didn't think we would get to talk to someone like gangrel who's still involved in the wrestling business still doing great things in the wrestling business still active on the independent scene and you know and now he's active with the coastal championship wrestling and championship wrestling from florida and that was really fun that was really fun that was fun yeah when you uh, when you presented the option i was just like Oh man, we got to talk to Gangrel. We do. And I was thinking like, oh, but it's Friday and there's all these shows coming up, but also like what breaks up the monotony better than talking with a guy who's been literally everywhere you can think of and has trained at least one wrestler who has been in every major promotion at this point. And that was great. We, we, he's wonderful. I mean, his career is so, so long and so storied as well. Like we had a limited amount of time with him do like a two hour show with Gangrel and all the stories that, you know, I'm sure people want to hear and everything. But the big thing, I think the biggest takeaway out of that interview, Joel Pearl, Shake It Off, favorite Taylor Swift song from Gangrel. That is the big news out of that interview. Not working with Orange Cassidy, who is, you know, one of the top stars in AEW and the AEW International Champion uh, not pay an update on Paige Van Zant. Okay, cool. Not Coastal Championship Wrestling. None of that. That's all news. That's all great. Shake it off. Gangrel's favorite Taylor Swift song. Biggest news out of that interview. Go ahead and aggregate that, everybody. I love that you get giddy for Taylor Swift wrestler crossover news the way I get giddy for like ECW stories. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know who you know who actually the wife messaged me before the show and she's like that was her question she said ask gangrel if he thinks taylor swift chooses her twitter handle taylor swift 13 in homage to him and i was like i will ask him that last so that was her question because she knows me uh and she knows i will pop for something like that uh so that was a request by her and of course i'm gonna ask it it's a taylor swift question oh louis had the right answer what a bad blood (laughs) (laughs) two on the nose (laughs) i'm gonna shake it off though what a song that is that makes sense though, because the way that he operates, he he is like a hundred miles an hour all the time. You want to talk quarter mile at a time? This dude <laughs> is going. He, you heard it. Like he's been up since five, running his running his brain. Uh, so good though, so wild that he's been doing this at this level for so long. He's a, he's a vampire. Of course he doesn't sleep. Of course he doesn't sleep, Joel. They don't I thought sleep, he was right. I thought he sleeps during the day and he parties all night. That's the way it's supposed to go. Is that how, is that how vampires work? I think so. Fair enough. I've never, he, he may have spoken more in this interview than he did for his entire WWF run. (laughs) (laughs) And I say that with like the utmost respect because when he was a vampire, they like kept him quiet. Most of the time, let edge and Christian do the talking. So, uh, this was great. He's had, he's, the man, if he decides one day to write a tell-all book, will have stories for pages, pages and pages. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Or when he does, you know, five-hour shoot interviews. I don't know if those are a thing anymore. It certainly used to be. Now everybody just says like interviews and bits and pieces. So that's how it's all done. Yeah, a lot of stories. Again, we could have gone much longer uh, with him. We could have made our whole show with, with Gangrel, but there's apparently there's a lot going on this weekend, Joel. That's what I've been told. Yes. So just to give y'all a, a bit of an idea of what this weekend looks like, Friday night, that's tonight, is Impact Under Siege. Tomorrow is WWE Afternoon of Champions. The show airs around noon, I believe, one, eight, one or noon or either way. It starts starts at noon. There's a kickoff, yada, yada. Go watch the show. Uh, NXT Battleground runs at the exact same time as AW Double or Nothing on Sunday. And we're going to be doing a ton of content around that. Not Jeremy and I specifically, but the Fightful crew. There will be plenty to talk about. Uh, there are so many podcasts, shows that are doing some sort of preview content. Honestly, I don't think we need to sit here and talk about every single match, but we can at least get to the ones that we like and the ones that we think have some sort of longer term story time and storyline potential. What do you think? I would like to go match by match and give predictions and tell you exactly who uh, is going to win and how and what it all means, Joel. There's a lot of matches. I feel we should also predict the star ratings on all of these matches as well. That's okay. that's how I feel we should format this. All right. So match number one, Joe Hendry versus Dirty Dango for the Impact Digital Media Championship. Uh, Dirty Dango debuting a new uh, a new character, a new gimmick. He is basically the uh, grizzled veteran who thinks that wrestlers today are too reliant on social media and not on doing the moves but i think he's kind of turning it on its head a little bit i kind of like it uh joe hendry versus dango what do you think i think dirty dango is going to win uh this is for the digital media championship one of the most prestigious championships in all of wrestling and i think dirty dango 
you know, he's going to win it and then he's going to trash it and he's going to turn it into the guns and knives title because we ain't worried about digital media, old school guys like Dirty Dango. We're all about the guns and knives. So who's going to win? By the way, the irony of Dirty Dango holding the digital media championship, given this new character, is not lost on me. Yeah, that's why he's going to make it the Guns and Knives title, Joel. Why, why would they make it? Why not the Guns and Roses title? Really just rip everything off. No. No? Okay. Can we get SP3 back on here to sing? That was awful. It was great when he sang. I, I'm not here to do well with the singing right now. Uh, do you have a star rating for this match? Four and a quarter, I'm assuming. <laughs> I know your bits! Uh, this this will be... I don't know if it's going to get that much time, so I'm sure it'll be a, a solid two and a quarter star match. This is on the Countdown Show, by the way, as is the Coven defending their Knockouts Tag Team Championships against the Death Dolls. Uh, Courtney Rush came back to Impact Wrestling last night. No longer Rosemary. Rosemary has been left aside in the dark realm as Courtney Rush makes her her debut or her return to Impact Wrestling, as it were. Uh, Courtney Rush and Jessica now make up the Death Dolls. This is a match. It's not being listed right now for the KO Tag Titles, but I feel like it will be. Uh, either way, Coven versus Death Dolls, who you got? I thought it was for the knockouts. So titles. did I. No, did they? It's listed on our site as for the knockouts tag titles. Did we jump the gun on saying I'm on, it's? I'm on Wikipedia, so odds are it's not. Whatever. We're gonna. We're Wikipedia. Gonna Wikipedia thought that. Um, That's Wikipedia, what I'm getting. At. Yeah, thought that QT Marshall and Powerhouse Hobbs were in the casino or the Blackjack Battle Royal. Sorry. I thought it was that they were in the Blackjack Battle Royal, and you know that's the match, it's not. It's not, not for the carry out tag titles. I'm on the Impact. It's not. Website. No, it's not. Oh, I'm on the Impact tag or the Impact uh, website right now. It oh, is not well, for the tag titles. Oh, <laughs> what these got that wrong? Then <laughs> anyway. Listen, we're not actually going to go and do the star ratings and all the predictions and all the shows. Uh, is there anything on Under Siege that you're like very much looking forward to? I know it's uh, there is a lot going on this weekend, but I think some matches do deserve a little bit of shine given uh, that it's a big weekend. Uh, when it comes to Impact Under Siege, I think Deanna and Jordan, one, I imagine that headlines. Two, I imagine that is one of, if not the best match on the show. There's a lot of good matches on the show, though. Like, Trey and Chris Saban should be great. The the tag team title match should be great. Even the six-man scramble should be should be pretty good. Very interested in Trinity and her first, like, live match. Because um, the match with Kylan was taped, and I don't think they edited it too much or anything like that, but it was a taped match. Now we're going to get to see the live Trinity experience against uh, Jachelle Shaw. And then Macklin and PCO will be fun because PCO will go out there and bump around and do some you know, do some crazy stuff and Macklin will keep up with them. So it's a good show on paper overall. I don't know how much, like when it comes to like title changes and things like that, we're going to see, do you see any type of like major title change news coming out of this or any debut or what are your overall like headline expectations for this? So normally when they do the impact plus shows, one title changes hands. That's kind of been the going rate lately. I don't know if that's the plan here because you're dealing with a lot of newer champions. Uh, hello, Eggman. I'll tell you a title that's going to change hands soon. Is it Fightful. 
championship yeah. is going to yeah. change hands. Yeah. You know, it normally changes hands when you use the right microphone, too. <laughs> no. I, I'm st- okay, hold on. <laughs> I was, no, I was still on my press conference mic because I intentionally hooked up <laughs> the wrong mic to do your all's press conference. Yes. Uh, add to the bit. Uh, but first off. Thank you. I'm glad we could do that. Are they scrambled today? They are scrambled today, yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, I was paying like 25 bucks for one of those omelets to get delivered, so not anymore. Not do you anymore. Have- to make your own eggs? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh. My <laughs> wife made them last night. Oh. Last night? You're having reheated eggs? Yeah, reheated mm-hmm. eggs. Oh, my goodness. That's a that's scrambled a- reheats well. Fair. I, I yeah, can't. I can't. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Why yeah. are you going to doubt my expertise here? <laughs> that is both serious and a joke, just because the pun was there. But it's very clear. I probably eat more eggs than you guys. Yes. However. Yeah. But why'd you even pause? No. Why'd we- you pause? When's the last time you had eggs three times in a week, much less three times on this show in a I week? I thought you were going to say three times in a day. <laughs> I'd be like, check that. buddy. <laughs> Not doing that. But. I, was, I was about to say, yeah, I was going to say, I had eggs yesterday. I had eggs and rice. It was delicious. Yeah. You get some fried rice, put some eggs over top. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, good, that's good stuff. Yeah. That's, that, that's when I went to New York, when I went to New York, I was hanging out with Destiny FOMO and uh, Demon Diva. And they're like, oh, what do you want? And I was like, honestly, I just want some chicken fried rice from like a food truck or something. And they, I don't know anything about where I got it from, but apparently it's like one of the most notorious places to get it from. But their chicken fried rice is really good. That's all I wanted, man. When I was... Uh, did you make that shot? I did, yeah. <laughs> I've taught myself how to shoot left-handed. Nice, nice. There we go. I didn't say like Kobe or anything, so I wasn't sure if you were like, no, aiming for a basket or you just like tossing it to the side. But I got a warm 7-up that's 7-up 0 that's half empty. Let's see if I make that too. Guess what? I did and I knocked over the trash can while I did it too. <laughs> I was going to say, that doesn't sound like you made it. Had some weight to it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Weighing those balls out. Oh, God. Why am I doing this? We got what? Scott saying he loves seeing subculture come to impact. Well, uh, I won't ask you to stop watching this show. But at 11 a.m., I'm dropping the interview with uh, with Flash Morgan Webster. He hasn't done a ton of interviews since he left WWE. But for those of the, you that subscribe to FightfulSelect.com, you, you saw that we were on top of his contract situation and his injury situation. He had passed up a couple deals before he was released. There's, there's an awful lot to that story. Uh, Joel, I know you cover Impact, but Subculture versus ACB is one of my most anticipated matches this weekend. Yes, it was one of the matches that almost sent me to go to London to watch the show live. I'm not doing that anymore because coward. Wow. Plenty of reasons. Got no heart. Y'all, y'all want to pay for my uh, my bus fare and then the hotel for tonight? Then no we- walk there like a man. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to start talking about you like the 60 year old men on Facebook talk about uh, college baseball players and basketball players. You ain't got no heart. You're in it just for the money now. Well, you you don't. Back back when I did it, which was never, mm-hmm. we did it for the love of the game. Ment- mentally weak. They love to throw out yes, the mentally, mentally weak. weak, yes. mentally weak yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to the match. I am still wondering what happened when Subculture figured out that the match was happening in London, Ontario, Canada, and not London in the UK. 
someone must have called them and been like, hey, you want to work this great match? It's Impact, and it's going to be in London. And they're like, oh, absolutely. And then they, were, they got their flight details, and they're just like, wait, what? I have a feeling. You can find that out at youtube.com slash Fightful, because I've got like a 40-minute interview dropping with him at 11 a.m. Big fan. Shop- Big- Sean, did you check out, did you listen to our interview with Gangrel? I have some select news that you can monetize if you would like. Not yet. I haven't. I just, just got to my PC. I, we got an update on uh, Paige Van Zant. if you would okay. like to know what Gangrel said. Uh, Gangrel said that, oh yes, have you seen Paige Van Zant? He said, well, that was the last time you saw her last year, Double or Nothing. Last time I saw her as well. Did say that she wrote him about a week ago saying, hey, want to come back? Want to? Try try this again, and then has not showed up yet. So we had a little bit of an update on Paige Van Zandt. Yeah, when I would ask, I was told that she was not probably ready in the ring then <laughs> and would need some more seasoning. Um, and that was by the person who set up that interview. So, <laughs> Well, I have also go. the biggest news to come out of our interview, Sean, is Gangrel's favorite Taylor Swift song, and it is shake it off if you would like to go ahead and monetize mm. that so all the all the websites yeah that's a you article oh you know i'm writing it you know i'm writing it's a you article shout out to the time there were uh gangrel death rumors and <laughs> i had to text gangrel who you know I, i'm not sure even really knows who i am but he's probably you know he just we've run into each other we've interviewed each other all that and I was like, hey, listen, man, sorry to approach you like this, but there are rumors you're dead. And he just sent, he's like, not that I know of, smiley face. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. How do you Thanks reply for- to that? Like, that's, you're like, you can be like, wait, what? Or you could be like, only on the inside. There's yeah. No- <laughs> uh, he and, he and Bob Holly, I have mentioned before, are habitual emoji senders. They are. They both, and it, it's very weird to see like Bob Holly, who never, who doesn't use the internet anymore, send like little winky faces and thumbs ups. And it's like, oh, okay. They're both largely offline people. You've heard the Bob Holly story, how he'll like put his phone face down and go for like a three day hike, and then people get in touch with them thinking he's dead. It's the same thing. So, really, I would understand why he's still stuck in that uh, sending emojis only zone. He was on Twitter for a while, but now he's just. I don't know whatever happened to Bob Holly. Honestly, the smartest thing he could have done was leave Twitter. That's what the smartest thing most people could do is. Yep. Yep. Um, I have said this on numerous occasions. One day I will go full Cody Rhodes AEW and become Fightful Community Outreach. And <laughs> that will be it. And then all of Jeremy's charity work will be on that page. <laughs> Along with his money. This whole, yeah. this whole, this whole channel is charity work from Jeremy. <laughs> <at this point>. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling Cyclops, me. <laughs> Cyclops better than Logan says. Cheer uh, back when men were men and they play the game the right way. Exactly. Anita, when shirts were men, shirt. <laughs> what do we? We need an in the weeds shirt. Nobody will wear it, but we need a lot of them. We need a proper I'm, logo for In the Weeds. Yeah, I was talking to Gerto about that. We still haven't figured one out. I'm really considering. I, I really need to. I, I won't post it on Twitter because you'll get hit with bots even more than usual. But They're we do need crazy. like an outside the box graphic designer. I'm trying to get somebody that can draw up some very intimidating looking camels. That's important <laughs> to me. 
Uh, <laughs> Have you heard of this thing called AI, Sean? Tried that. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just use Fiverr or something and talk to Mel. Just talk to Mel Coleman. Everyone, everyone tells you to talk to Mel. She wasn't open to commissions. She's open to work if you pay her. Well, like most, uh, we're open to work when we get paid. True. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, guys. All right, bye. Bye, Sean. Gonna have this weekend off. He's he's gone, gone. He's not even just sitting in the back, gone. He's like, bye. He's gone, gone. He just immediately leaves. That's I appreciate that. I respect that. (laughs) I do. Uh, Yeah. So where were we? We were talking about uh, we talking about under siege. I kind of agree with you that Deanna and Jordan could be the the main event match, the last match of the night. If it is, then Trinity is going to be involved. She's going to be like involved somehow in the finish, or at least somehow like because they're trying to set up that triple threat or one-on-one match at Slammiversary. So you got to, something's got to happen there. If you're going to main event with those, or I can't Jordan Grace turning heel. Like those are the only options. It could be Jordan turning heel. Why can't Trinity just like come out after the match and get in the face of the winner type of thing? My general feeling is that Trinity and Giselle does have a winner and it's probably Trinity, but that we get a, the feud extends. I feel like Tasha Steeles is going to even out the odds with Trinity and then renew the feud with Savannah Evans and Giselle Shaw. They're taping Trinity versus Savannah Evans on Saturday as part of the TV tapings. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Tasha Steeles get involved with all that and maybe set up a tag match at against all odds in June because Slammiversary is still all the way in July. There's a lot of TV. There's a lot of shows coming up to, uh, to get there. But we all know that, like, Slammiversary, at least, is going to involve Trinity in that women's and that knockouts championship match. Like, it, it just it feels like it has to, unless you're going to do it all the way. Bound for Glory is very far away. It doesn't make sense to run that late. Here's what I'm thinking, Joel. We got a six-way scramble for the number one contender for the Impact World title, right? John Gresham wins that match. Yep. Okay? Yep, I'm with you. Jordan defeats Deanna because otherwise she can't challenge for the title again. And that the stipulation for this match. This is Jordan Grace's last shot. Yeah. Yeah, If Grace loses, she cannot challenge as long as Deanna's champion. Yeah. So Jordan wins. So that way they can set up a a third, uh, at least in this little mini trilogy here. Macklin of course beats PCO. We get the, we get the tie in with Gresham and Jordan Diana and Macklin, and we do a, 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 what they call it in a double jeopardy, a you know, winner take all. They do we do that at against all odds. That'll keep Trinity out of the title picture for another month. It'll keep all this because I think all this is the Slammiversary match for Macklin. I don't yes. think Gresham's going to win the title, so they do they do the the winner take all tag team match at. Against all odds, Macklin and Perazzo win. So Perazzo gets the knockouts title back. And then we head into Slammiversary with Deanna against Trinity and Macklin against all this. That's, that's, my, that's my call. So here's the big fatal flaw with that idea. You're not going to turn Deanna after you've already turned her face. You're not going to turn Macklin after he's been so firmly implanted as a heel. Well, can they coexist? Married couples fight. I don't think we can do that in this case. It just feels 
it does it doesn't it feels like you're forcing them together just because they're married like you're forcing an off-screen chemistry to to work on screen which also doesn't always work that's a whole other can of worms that they would have yeah. to investigate um but i feel like grace and gresham being heels who are just complete dickheads going after titles that's fine i i i think gresham wins i think we go to against all odds gresham loses to macklin and then that's that just completely makes gresham lose it because he has not been successful in impact wrestling uh, and also, Macklin said it himself. Like he wants another match with Gresham after that that Pure Rules Championship match. Had a lot of respect for him. Doesn't necessarily mean that Creative is like, oh, we got to do it. But the match itself would be another really, really good match for Macklin to have to prove. As Scott Demore said last night, Iron sharp, sharpens iron. You go for the best of the best. You need to prove that you're the best to be a good champion. That's one way to do it is by beating one of the best, and that's uh, Jonathan Gresham. Because everyone else in the field. Shelly is my other guy. He's my dark horse. Edwards and Kazarian are going to start a feud soon. They're going to do a thing. Uh, Moose and Myers are still trying to figure out whatever they're doing with the tag titles. And then Yuya, I'm still waiting for for Yuya to either finish Excursion or move on to whatever's next for him because uh, he, he's got a lot of potential, but they're still trying to figure out his, his program and impact. Well, do you think Yuya maybe wins and then they he gets the shot at against all odds because it's an impact plus pay-per-view. So it's not like one of their big tentpole events. They, they're doing PCO on this one. No offense to PCO, but they're doing PCO here. You can run a Macklin Yuya match. You got to have something else for against all odds, but you can run a Macklin Yuya match. But PCO and Yuya are two very different stars. PCO has been around for a long time, especially he's been an impact for a long time, but he's also been, a wrestling star for a long time so there is a name value there plus they're in canada so clearly that's part of the thing because the scott demore story was that steve macklin hates canada uh so he's putting canadians up against steve macklin while they're in canada yuya is just kind of there i'm waiting for yuya to have some star making performance out of the ring some promo some development to his character something that's more than just i'm a young lion on excursion because unfortunately he is the only young lion that i'm seeing out there that's like still trying to figure it out and still trying to, to put it together whatever that is outside of i'm a young lion or i was a young lion i guess i guess we'll see um look if it's gresham and macklin at against all odds i'll i'll be there yeah i was gonna like say to yeah, that, that feels to me something. Yeah, that feels like something you would watch. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right up my alley. Um, and maybe I'll continue to plot with Steve Macklin to get you beat up next time you two run into each other. And get Jonathan Gresham in on that. I've interviewed Gresham before. He he, he seemed to like me well enough. Uh, maybe he can beat you up too. Who do you think would tie you in a better pretzel? Steve Macklin or Jonathan Gresham? Gresham, of course. I have a foot on Gresham, but he could still chop me down. <laughs> no, no shame. I'm just like, I'm just, th- th- these are facts. I, I am much taller than Jonathan Gresham, but he can chop my ass down easily and probably tie me up in a pretzel. Do not get me wrong. Steve Macklin broke Mark Long's ribs in a match. Like, I, I, I would like to see, like, let's book that. Who beats up Joel Pearl more? Who gives Joel Pearl more broken bones in two minutes? John Gresham or Steve Macklin? This is what we're going to set up, Joel. 
I mean, this is my 800th day as Fightful Champion. So clearly nobody's breaking anything other than me breaking records. Do you have the title? No, Jimmy won't give it to me. (laughs) What kind of fraud champion are you? You don't have... It really bothers me. And I did a show with Jimmy yesterday, and I should have been like, Jimmy, can I have the title, please? And Jimmy would be like, no, it's in my house. (laughs) I'm like, no. Should I invite Jimmy Van on this show? I don't think he likes me, so. I don't know where he'd do the show from. I don't know what he's up to today, but I don't keep his schedule or anything. He could uh, just come on and, you know, be be on the phone or be on his phone. I'm sure he's got good Wi-Fi. He'd be Gangrel very... did the show from his phone. Did he? I thought it was on an iPad, but I don't know. Any oh, better. maybe. maybe. Just just the... I'm going to send this link to Jimmy Van. No. <laughs> Jimmy is going. Yeah. This is such a bad idea. Yeah, well, the show was a bad idea, and yet here we are, like, two months in, and we're interviewing Gangrel. Jimmy is going to be so confused. Hey, Jimmy, join In the Weeds with Joel and I, please. At least he knows We have a question. Uh, He's probably going to be like, are you going to ask for another raise? It's true. He's probably be like, I'm All in right. a meeting. Go away. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All right. I said, we'll see what happens. God. Ryan Lambert asking if my wife gets in on the beat down. Yeah, probably. Let's face it. Yeah. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere on the card, who do you think uh, the special sixth member is for the Rich Swan Callahan and TBA versus the design? Who is the third man, brother? Who's going to uh, team with, with Sammy Callahan and Rich Swan? I don't have a great pick here i'm trying to think of who's like ohio that they could bring in i know they're in canada but you know callahan swan the ohio tie and everything so i'm trying to think of like they bring in someone from like circle six or wrestling revolver uh like sammy's got friends in wrestling who's your prediction i feel like you should have more insight on this than me the only two member the only two people i have is like jake christ because of ove yeah and jake has come back to impact since uh, he did uh, an X Division championship match against Josh Alexander when he was doing the open challenges. The other person was Bupinder Gujar. And then Gujar either joins the design or turns heel in the process. Because Gujar, they're not slow burning a, t- a heel turn, but I keep saying it. I saw him work heel at Greektown, and now I need it. I need that, that Bupinder Gujar bad guy. Make him a member I, of the design. Make him shave his head, do the whole thing. Uh, you could you could be right. I don't have again. I apologize. I don't have a great prediction uh, for for this one because I'm just I'm not sure. What about Champagne Singh? What's he? What's he <laughs> do? I know he's I know he's tied in with Macklin, but maybe he just shows up and he's doing a lot of media for them. I just see his name everywhere. I'm just like, so, why why not him? I don't think people understand how active Singh Raj Singh is. Uh, not only in Canadian Indies, but just like as a wrestler with tons of time, tons of years under his belt. Uh, he he was doing the thing with Macklin. They ran the the uh, promo in the, the segment last night where Macklin says, I beat up PCO so bad that I killed him and now I got to name a replacement. Here's my replacement. It's Champagne Singh, who low-key, by the way, has a banger of a theme. 
which like you never hear it because he's always either on BTI or he's, you know, shows up on the show and they're just coming back from break and he's already in the ring. You never hear the theme. So this time we got it. Uh, he pulled out the Jericho man of a thousand and four holds, but it was man of a thousand and four thank yous. So he pulls out the list and they roll it out. And he's like, number one, my grandfather, Gama Singh. And then Scott Demore came out and they basically did a whole thing where it led to PCO being there and doing a, a, a little beat down going into uh, under siege tonight. So Singh is everywhere, but also nowhere. He's really good. But they're not going to make him champion. They're not going to do anything big with him. Uh, the character he's playing right now is just perfect for him. It's, I love it. Red bottom shoes. Like, that is enough to make me love your character, that you're a rich guy, struck it rich in Vegas, so you're getting red bottom wrestling boots. Come on. I just noticed he's been doing a lot of media, and he didn't have a match. So Yeah, Denise did an interview with him. Yeah, so maybe he just he's the he's the third guy with Callahan and Rich Swan. Why not? Right? Why not? Maybe, maybe. Masha or Masha is on the the other side. Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer. I think they're gonna wait until Dreamer's uh, uh, situation at home is is past with the uh, like his mother's health. That's that's yes, that's out there. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not breaking yeah. the fourth wall. Um, he put it out there on TV, no less. I think I think they're going to wait until he is comfortable or whatever happens with his mom uh, happens and uh, he can come back to work. Uh, and also, honestly, I think it's better that Dreamer stays off TV for a while. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Give him time to to build that love with the audience back. So when he does come back, it's a bigger deal. Uh, Masha and Killer Kelly are continuing their feud. So that's going to be fun. Uh, Masha choked out Killer Kelly last night in the kitchen with an electrical cord. So this is just like clue. The only thing that was missing was I really wanted killer Kelly to have a big smile on her face as she was being choked out because they have been leaning into kinky killer Kelly way more than I thought they would. Uh, but they didn't do that last night. That was the one thing missing. I don't think you can get away with that. You'd be surprised what they'll get away with on that show. I'm waiting. They're going to do a redheaded triple threat and it's going to be Masha and Killer Kelly and Jody Threat's going to get involved. And when they do that triple threat, it is going to be banana. They are going to beat the tar out of each other, and I'm so excited. I don't think you can get away with that. What if it's Stu Grayson? He's the third guy. Why? Well, because Alan Angels is on the other side, and it's in Canada, and AEW. I don't think he's going to be a double or nothing. So AEW's like, here you go. You can have Stu Grayson for this show. No, he will be a double or nothing. He will be in the uh, unseen seventh hour of the tapings when they do a Ring of Honor <laughs> show. Listen, man, uh, 19 matches going into a busy weekend. That's, I don't know. Who, someone's got to talk to Will Washington about this. Good luck. Not me. Uh, Good luck. Saban and Miguel very quickly. We'll touch on that because uh, you did bring it up. This is a match I'm looking forward to. I think it's going to be a really hot match, really fun. Saban going for his ninth X Division championship. He has been in this business. Uh, he's been he's been with Impact as long as Impact's been around. He is a number one day one OG. Uh, and then Trey Miguel with this character that he's playing now where he's underappreciated. He's a bad guy. This character is working for him. He's a piece of shit and I want to see him lose, but I don't think he will. Uh, where are you at on this match? I think Trey will win. Yeah, that's fair. You have a star rating for it? Five stars. 
five stars. Actually, you know what? Yeah. So, Saban and Speedball had a match last night that was really good. You don't know my scale. Five stars could just be, you know, average. I could it could be a hundred star scale. It could be a ten star scale. A ten star scale. Easy for me to say. Yeah. So five stars. But what if it's a two scar two? What if it's a two scar scale? Can you speak? I'm running on five hours of sleep. I feel like the answer should be known to everybody. <laughs> uh, I could never do a morning show properly, could I? Uh, let's shift to Saturday. Let's talk about Night of Champions, Afternoon of Champions, as it were. Uh, SmackDown tonight is taped, so whatever is out there is already out there. Uh, I'm looking forward to Seth Rollins and AJ Styles in that tournament final for the World Championship. Is this your main event, Jeremy Lambert? I think... I think Cody and Brock is going to headline this show, honestly. I think Seth and AJ might open. I think Cody and Brock or Roman's going to headline because it's Roman. And I, I'm I'm selling myself on Roman and Solo winning these belts. And, you know, Roman loves the headline. They get the big pyro. He holds up all the titles at the end of the show and... Hooray, Roman Reigns. So I could I could see that. If Sammy and Kevin are going to headline, I think they can do the cool moment of look how progressive we are with Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens headlining the show and standing tall at the end type of thing. So, all right, you know what? It's not going to be Cody and, and Brock. It's going to be the tag title match is, is headlining. Roman, Roman ain't going out early. Roman's going on last. I mean, Roman could go out first for all we know. Roman ain't Roman's going on last. What did they put him on second? No, he's going on last. So yeah, they're running this triple main event, and I think it's smart that they've at least um, gotten us to wonder what's going to be last because we do know that really the last match is the main event. There is no triple main event. You can call it like a marquee, a triple marquee card, whatever you want to call it. But it's it's why are people so mad that they call it a triple main event? Who cares? I don't I don't think so I'm not I'm not going to tell you I'm mad about it I could just say that like I think calling it a triple main event undercuts the value of the event it undercuts Why? other matches on the card because the, the matches there's seven matches three out of seven matches almost half of the card are main event matches You know what they should do they should call it a second WrestleMania They did that once it didn't really go over so well I know it's it's just it's all market like stupendous. It's all marketing stuff. People people get mad over this stuff. Like it actually matters. It's a it's a triple main event. UFC they call co main events all the time. There's only one main event. The the match that goes on last that is going to be technically the main event. If they want to hype other matches as a triple main event, why are we getting mad over hype? It's it's all hype. It's all promoter speak. It's dumb to get mad over this. Have you considered that maybe people are mad because they like being mad? ROH last night was a 19 main event card. Yeah, everybody likes to be mad. You got to just stop. There are more important things to be mad about than, I can't believe WWE is going to call this a triple main event. We all know that there's only one main event, and it's the match that goes on last. Stupid. Remember when we used to have a guy on the channel called Lambs who would do a thing? You sounded a lot like him in that. Whatever you did there, that sounded a lot like him. Oh, my God. Are you Lambs? Hello, everybody. It is I, the Lambs. 
viewership. How are you, Joel? Tired, lambs. I'm tired. That's an L5. Joel, very, very tired. All right. We this is an L1, everybody. This is an L1. Roman Reigns, he going to win the WWE Undisputed Tag Team titles. At Night of Champions, and he's gonna fly back, and he's gonna win the NXT Championship on Sunday at NXT Battleground, and then he's gonna make it all the way to Las Vegas, and he's gonna confront the MJF at the end of AEW Double or Nothing, and he's gonna stand there, and he's gonna make MJF acknowledge him. That's an L1, everybody. Roman Reigns, he's gonna be the talk of the town. He's gonna be the talk of the town this weekend. This weekend, all about the Roman Reigns. 1,000 days, 1 million championships. The one Roman Reigns, L1 Roman Reigns. Does Becky Lynch beat Trish Stratus? Joel, Joel, what happened? Oh, there was a guy who uh, came in, tanked our ratings, and now you're back and we're back to normal. Oh. That's unfortunate. I'll say. <laughs> anyway, Becky Lynch and Drew Stratus are having the first match of their presumed multi-match thing story. Uh, where where do we go with this? Is this does Trish Stratus cheat to win? Beat Becky Lynch yeah. in Saudi Arabia? Absolutely. Does she win with a key lock into the pin? <laughs> nah, she has like her feet on the ropes or something. Right? Like, that's how she wins. Yeah, Trish cheats. They they advance the story, continue, keep it going, move on to... They're stretching this thing to SummerSlam. I imagine, like, Trish is just going to, like, take time off for a little bit, and then Becky's going to have to fight other people. No, I feel like Becky's going to join Money in the Bank, and then they're going to have Trish cost Becky Money in the Bank at the end of the match, and that's how they'll do the SummerSlam match. Again, you know, I ask, where the hell is Lita? She She got hurt really bad in that attack, man. Really bad. That really hurt. You know, Trish took her out. Trish mm. throws them shots, baby. A lot of receipts on those shots because all those all those years, her and Lita up and down the road, and then Lita picking Becky as her partner. Trish wasn't happy about that. Took her out. Took her out for a long time. It's like a damn CVS receipt it's so long. Anyway, <laughs> topical. Canadian gets topical on U.S. television for <laughs> Uh, that, that works doubly because Trish is also Canadian. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where Lita is. I thought this was going to be Lita versus Trish at Saudi. I think that would have made the Saudis very happy too for the nostalgia pop, but they'll still get Trish and I'm sure it'll be a, a fine story match with Becky. But yeah, Trish winning makes sense. We're going to go to SummerSlam. I do think Becky's going to find herself in Money in the Bank and then get screwed out of it. But if you do that, and if Cody Rhodes is going to be a part of Money in the Bank and Brock screws Cody out of Money in the Bank, can't really do that either. You got to find a way to tell different stories. Why? There's just a lot of screwing going on, Joel. Why are you so against all of this screwing in England? Because nobody is paying us a sponsorship deal to say the screwing is caused by a blue pill. So let's move on. Not um, yet. Not, not yet. yet. How badly is Gunter going to beat Mustafa Ali, and why are we sad about this? 
I'm not. I love Gunther just beating up on people. I like Ali. Do I think they could do a lot more with Ali? Yes. I think the positive Ali stuff has been fun. He like, he goes for these characters. Bless them. And he said that in interviews. He's like, you know, whatever they give me, I'm going to try my best with it. And you know, I'm going to make the most out of it. And he does. He does. They don't always give him the best stuff. They don't always follow through with everything. And it might not always last long for him. Uh, there's more. There's a lot of screwing. Um, so th- that might happen with Ali. But he, do- he does his best with all of this. Bless him for that. But they see him where they see him. Right? And it's been painfully obvious where they see him. And if you thought, if you thought they saw him in a different way, Brock Lesnar was there to remind you on Monday how they see him. And Gunther is gonna he's gonna beat him up. And we're all gonna we're going to have a good time with it because we all love Gunther. It's going to be a very awkward match, but not as awkward as Cody and Brock. I still think that that is going to be the Brock beats up Cody so bad. And it's such a one-sided affair that it feels like, again, Cena and Brock at SummerSlam 2015. We're still telling, we're basically retelling every Cena story we can with Cody. And this is another one. This is Cody's first big loss. It's going to happen and Brock's going to be absolutely bonkers with it. That's my feeling. I hope Brock beats him in five seconds. <laughs> I hope he breaks all his legs. Just go through the adversity. Just go through the adversity. No, they'll do the Rocky thing. I didn't hear no foul, but Rocky loses. That's the thing. He's just going to get beat up because he keeps getting up and being so stupid and stubborn that Cody is just beaten down so bad that uh, I don't think they'll do a stretcher job, but they'll definitely do a Cody gets carried out job. They should do a stretcher job. And then the pyro goes off as Cody is being stretchered out. As kingdom is playing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> He's being stretched out and people are going, Whoa, you know, what we, you know, what we haven't had, maybe we have, and I just don't remember it. I've had a good like stretcher job where the guy comes back and attacks them as they're being taken out on the stretcher. When was the last time we had that? We need it. He's taking on the stretcher and then Brock comes out. I remember he got like heat for this when it like F five Ray, who was still on the stretcher, like into the ring post or he got some like heat for that and everything. We need that again. We need Brock just Brock destroying stuff is like all time. Great television. Cause you never know if he's supposed to or not. You know, when he had the steps and he's slamming them on the, the announce table and people are like, wasn't supposed to do that. Corey Graves is freaking out and everything. I think Sean reported of like, yeah, he kind of went overboard. He tossed the referee over the barricade and everything. We just need, we need Brock just destroying things because there's a real feel to that that's missing in wrestling a lot of times. Certainly in WWE where so much is just manufactured and well laid out and, and uh, well, um, well manicured in there like Brock just going unhinged mode that that gives you that feel that sometimes you just you just miss so we need the stretcher job with Cody and then he's being wheeled out and then Brock just like tips him off the ramp f5s him off of the stage everything that's what we need that's what I'm calling for on Saturday afternoon okay you get you got Brock Lesnar you got Braun Strowman you get Otis and you get Odyssey Jones you put four cars. This is a giant stage that they're going to have 
at this show. You get four cars and you set them up one after the other. And then you give the, these four men like the entire show as much as you want to rip that car apart. And the winner gets Cody at the end of the night. It's like uh, Street Fighter where you had to beat up the car in the bonus stage. Is that what we're going for here? Yes, that's what we're doing. We're beating up the car. But you cannot throw the car door into the audience and almost strike a child, Brock Lesnar. Be better than that. Why not? (laughs) That child paid for a ticket thing in front of the show. They, it's on the ticket that, you know, you stuff might happen. Stuff might fall into the crowd. Apologies. You can't sue us. That's true. It's all part of a blanket statement to keep you from suing. That's, uh, nobody reads that stuff. So that's, Rollins, Mr. Well, he's not Captain America, but Mr. Going to be in a Captain America movie versus AJ Styles. Uh, is it going to be Seth Rollins as the world heavyweight champion? Is that where we're going? Or is there a world in which AJ Styles winning actually makes sense and you can do it? I think AJ makes sense because it's a Raw title. So if AJ wins, he just goes to Raw. It doesn't go over on SmackDown. So you can have AJ winning and then go into Raw. Again, I think if I'm SmackDown, I'm like, well, you got to give me something in return here. Otherwise, we just lost somebody for nothing. I think it makes sense in that regard. But it it feels like it's Seth's. It, it felt like it's it was Seth's from the very start. And... Now this is their moment to to crown him. The thing with WWE is, especially recently, it feels like they are just overthinking a lot of this stuff. And they they don't just take what is simple and what is in front of them and do it. Instead, they're like, how can we how can we swerve people a little bit? And it seems like it's Seth's to win until they get that thing of everyone knows it's Seth. What if it's not Seth? And then they just go with AJ for no reason. And then you got to move people around the card and around the brands. Not that the brand split is brand split has meant much because if you move Seth over to SmackDown and AJ over to raw, well, then you also have to move the good brothers and Mia Yim over to raw as well. Because we all know that if the good brothers aren't with AJ, Good Brothers aren't doing shit. And then if you move Seth over to SmackDown, well, then you got to move Becky, and then you've got Trisha on Raw as a drafted wrestler. So now you have to move Becky over and be like, the story is like Becky wants to get away from Trish, which doesn't make any sense in and of itself. So it's weird. Why, did, why does Seth have to move, though? Here's, here's what I'm thinking. We have here's to build some thinking. sort of trade-off for winning the title. Yeah, I'm telling. Here's, here's what I'm thinking, okay? AJ wins the title. Yes, he goes to Raw. Is there... I don't think there's been anything said publicly about this. We know AJ uh, kind of was was hesitant about the SmackDown stuff before because he wanted to do high school football with his kids and everything. Um, and yeah, he, he, wanted, he wanted to be part of all that. I know it's not... It's not... Uh, it's not football season anymore, but it's coming up. No, no, this is... This... <laughs> This is not a bit he's trying to say. Yeah, this is not a bit. This is not a bit. This is AJ winning. Again, he wants to do high school football with his kids. Yes, you're right in that AJ's got a stake with the Good Brothers. There's also, I don't know if they've said anything publicly, but there was a lot of comments made by AJ and the Good Brothers regarding Paul Heyman years ago. Heyman is mostly tied to SmackDown, even though he has a visitor's pass to show up on Raw. So AJ can win. He gets moved over to Raw with the Good Brothers, and I assume Mia is yellow move her as well 
And then we get um, Cody going to SmackDown. Because Cody, the, the story is there with Roman. That's what everybody wants, the story with Roman. Cody goes to SmackDown. Brock's on either show, so Brock can just follow him to SmackDown. You ain't got to continue that on Raw. Brock can go between whatever show he wants. So Cody goes to Raw. Who else do you take off of Raw with Cody? Find a tag team. Find a find a female from from Raw. Um, I, I'm I don't have the rosters off the top of my head. It, the big trade off is basically Cody for AJ. And then you swap a, a tag team that's on Raw that maybe isn't getting used. Right now, you swap a female that's on Raw that maybe isn't getting used right now, and, and you go from there. So I think the trade-off would be for Cody, not for Seth Rollins. I don't hate it. It does make some sort of sense. It's a little convoluted. We just have to they would have to find a way to explain it and not make dorks like us who talk about wrestling all day poo-poo it. Well, that- that's the that's how you explain it though, right? Is AJ wins, he wins this Raw title, so now he is on Raw, and you just say like, "Hey, SmackDown executives are mad that they just lost AJ Styles for nothing, so they have worked out a trade with Raw." And then you just go from there, and this is the trade. Now, look, should this is terrible negotiation by Raw because they have all the leverage of like, "We don't have to give you anything. He's the champion. He's part of this brand now. Sorry, Balcha." Um, but you know, some GMs are terrible. Maybe the raw GM is just terrible and they gave up Cody Rhodes in this trade. Maybe you just do it as Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, one for five or four, one for four Cody Rhodes for the entire OC. Maybe you don't have to move the Viking Raiders or Dana Brooke over to SmackDown just because you you're moving good brothers and Mia. You can't move Dana Brooke off of raw because who will be on main event? Yeah. Fair. You can't do it. You just can't. Fine. Piper. Piper can, can move over to SmackDown. Sure. That's fine with me. I would like that. Uh, Ryan in the chat actually saying all the OC to Raw and then Cody and the way go to SmackDown. And I don't hate that. There's no connective tissue, but at least you're doing a group that is on par on the depth chart as the way and the OC. Because really, like the way are on the TV and it's two guys and a girl. And then the OC, same thing. You got two guys and a girl, so you're just kind of doing a one for one. It it would work. That's not a bad idea. Well, I, I, you're getting two girls. Is it Indy? Technically, she's part of the way. They're right, doing I, the I, thing I with Nikki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're doing the thing with Nikki yeah. right now. I, I don't count Nikki as part of the way, but it would be. You're right. It would be no. the two girls and and uh, Johnny and uh, Dexter. She's not. She's not part of the way, but like they're doing that story. So I I assume they have some type of payoff for that. So that's why I don't know if it would be that that'd be really terrible negotiation by the raw side. Honestly, that's, that's a trade. You gave up way too much in that deal. Finally worth mentioning. Uh, Cause do we want to get into the bloodline Sammy and KO stuff? Or is that kind of just I already told you what was going to happen? Okay, perfect. Uh, and then Bianca and Oscar, is this the end of uh, Bianca's streak? Is Oscar finally going to capture that Robins championship? It should, it should be Oscar. I don't know if it will be, like if Oscar loses this after her full on heel turn, I don't know what they're doing with Oscar. And uh, who's left for me? Unless hashtag bow down is in Saudi and she's coming out after this. That's the only thing I can like see for Bianca at this point because there ain't nothing else for her on SmackDown if she beats if she beats Oscar. Let's take a look real quick at the women. 
Yeah, there ain't much. Go for it. I'm looking. Huh, you tell me what what's I mean, there for Bailey, Bianca. There's Bailey again. Eo Sky again. Yeah, because we haven't seen that. Uh, <laughs> Lacey Evans. No, no, I knew you were gonna say that. No, nope, don't do that. I'm just going down. I'm going down the uh I'm going down the sky. Shotzi after the stuff with Raquel plays out, that's someone. Uh Tamina, thankfully, could always step in and, and have a quick match. Yeah, no, there isn't much. You're right. There isn't much. But uh it is clearly we're going to Bianca and Charlotte at some point. We'd have to do it. It had to be at SummerSlam. That's just the only way to do I it. I think. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why maybe, maybe that's Bianca does win. And like, maybe Charlotte's not in Saudi, but on SmackDown this Friday, next Friday, technically after Saudi, um, Bianca comes out and then, you know, hashtag bow down. She's out there. And then that's the confrontation. That's the, that's the big setup. Joel, have you given a prediction on bloodline against Owens and Zane? I know I've worked myself into this fantasy booking of Roman winning all of these belts and everything, but what are your thoughts on it? I think KO and Sammy win. Um, by the way, next week they are in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania for SmackDown. So if that means anything, Charlotte Flair will be the queen of Wilkesbury. Okay, maybe not. Uh, no, I, I do think that Sammy and KO retain. It's still new. There's still meat on the bone. And I've mentioned this before Judgment Day, when Finn Balor got the pin couple weeks ago on raw and they were going up the stage and being like we'll see you after night of champions and i'm going to take those titles and i was like why are you giving away the results of the night of champions match i was a little it was a little strange and you can say like oh it was heat of the moment heat of the moment but like he spoke a little too a little too accurately Finn doesn't know finn doesn't know the result of this stuff they don't know the result of this stuff until like maybe today yes that's a very good point however it looks bad if your jaw jacking includes we'll see you after the pay-per-view when when we win your titles after the pay-per-view. Like you, you just in that moment you have to be thinking better. They're the champions, so he just is, he assumes they're gonna retain. That's all it is. Why would they why would he assume? He wants the tag titles, but he doesn't know who's gonna have them. It could be the bloodline, it could be Roman and Solo. Well, now Heyman's going to be upset that he's like, you assumed that Kevin and Sammy would retain, and now we're going to come after you. Yeah, it feels like we're not going to do that with the Judgment Day. It feels weird. <laughs> but anyway, that's just kind of my feeling is uh, Sammy KO win. The bloodline story is, to me, best when it's insular, when it's internal, when it's the family fighting, not when someone's trying to fight Roman. And we've seen this time and again. Roman continues to do the best work when he's fighting his family. He doesn't, the Cody stuff, the Cody build wasn't nearly as good as Roman fighting against his brothers <laughs> or his cousins in this case. It just, it's just the way that it's been, the way that it's been acted, the way it's been worked out. So, what you're saying is everybody should join the bloodline, yes. infiltrate the bloodline, uh-huh. and that way they are honorary ooses and then it all just turns into a turn and then roman can continue to fight with his family i mean should have worked that's for sammy. i know it did work for sammy that's why i'm saying that's why this is how shall play out Ro- cody's got to infiltrate the bloodline and you know gain their trust and then he can tell a proper story with roman reigns Cyclops is better than Logan with the cheers over at twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. 
Uh, I want Bianca to turn heel. She was a great cocky heel in NXT, and it will freshen her character up. So I agree that it would freshen her character up a bit. At the same time, you just turned Asuka. Unless you move Asuka over to Raw, you can't really have Asuka and Bianca playing heel. Also, there I know you want that because it freshens the character up. Man, let's face it. There are so many little girls in that audience and boys. There are just so many kids in general that love Bianca Belair and they're not sick of her character. They're there every week wanting to, you know, spin their hair, do the taunt, whatever it is. They love her. And I get it. It's a, it's almost a John Cena esque re you know, mentality with him. They got, they, they got Oscar who just turned heel. They got damage control as heels. They ain't got, yeah, we ran down this one roster. There's not a whole lot there as it is. There's certainly not a whole lot there on the face side. Charlotte coming back. She baby face or heel. You know, she was kind of sort of baby face when she returned, but that was largely because she was facing Rhonda. And by the, the Rhea match, people were just like, eh, don't know about this. That was a weird blurred line type of thing. I imagine if Charlotte's confronting Bianca, Charlotte's going to come off worse than Bianca when it comes to crowd reaction. I think Bianca is going to get the cheers. Charlotte's going to get the, the, the booze in that. So I don't see Bianca turning. I do think it would be, it wouldn't be bad for her character or anything. I just, I don't see it happening. I know I've said this in jest before, but I really wouldn't be shocked if Lacey Evans wins money in the bank this year. If they can finally figure out what the hell the character is supposed to be, I can't see anyone else holding that briefcase who would be elevated by holding it on the SmackDown side. Can they figure out what that character is supposed to be? <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> you say, yeah, you say if, if they can figure out what that character is going to be, they've had like, she's been, she's been there a while and I feel like she's had about five different reboots over the last five years and they ain't figured it out yet. I don't know if they can figure out what that character is supposed to be. You know what the character should be? It should just be woman who puts her foot in her mouth on social media every two weeks and then has to walk it back. No, they have that. Her name is Chelsea green and that character is working very well for her. Her theme song, the cops are coming after you for just mentioning Lacey Evans. They're like, Nope, don't need to talk about her. Our theme song rules, though. I will say that. Which one? They've changed it like 50 different times. Remember when she came back as the military woman and they were going to like have her? She was one step away from saying, listen up, maggots, and then having Sergeant Slaughter come out and like shake her hand and be like, you're the next one. Give her the hat, <laughs> the Sergeant Slaughter hat. She was going to be I, – I, Lieutenant Lacey was right there. And they would have done it too. They would have called her Lieutenant Lacey. She would have done the whole nine yards, but they didn't do it. <laughs> no, the, the like a lady song rules. I don't know the other one. The only one I know is like a lady. Some people what are is... giving her, giving us a new character for her. I'm going to repeat them. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah some I don't good know. Stuff. <laughs> Kudos to you chat. You keep us on our toes. Yeah. Anyway, well, they, they want to go too much into that, but no, me neither, but yeah, that's, that, that's really the only woman on the SmackDown side of things that I could see winning and having like a big moment on who's also a heel like Mia Yim, maybe 
why does Smack somebody on Raw can win? They're gonna blend it. So, so let's take a look at Raw real quick. Trish, Trish is gonna win. Trish winning good work. I'm gonna close my window one sec. You vamp for a sec. All right. So afternoon of champions uh, and Trish Stratus <laughs> potentially winning money in the bank. I actually think that would be great if Trish wins it. She won. I think she'd like to compete in it because she talks about how she's done all these things. She can just talk about, you know, without, without me, we wouldn't have these opportunities like money in the bank. Now it's a yearly staple. I think Trish coming in and winning money in the bank could, could be fun and prolong things a little bit with, with Becky. You know, maybe Becky comes out at the end of money in the bank and just kind of confronts Trish after losing, uh, this, this Saturday in night of champions. What if Chelsea wins money in the bank? Oh, that'd be great. That would be fantastic. That'd I would actually awesome. love that. Yeah. There's, yeah, like there's nobody else that I'm like sitting. Zoe Stark is a big one, but it feels like they're trying to build her more as a world beater, not as a chicken shit, you know, champion. Uh, Trish, yeah, there is a story with Trish, like you said, but I, I really, I would love to see Chelsea Green, man, just be awesome. walking, walking around with that title being like, do you know who I am? I am your <laughs> boss now. I am in charge of you, Adam Pierce. And Adam Pierce just being like, no, you hold a briefcase that guarantees you a title shot when you want it. Yeah, when I want it. And Adam Pierce is being like, oh my God, this sucks so bad. I want I want Chelsea Green on this show, but I want her to fully kayfabe everything. I want yes. her to play the Chelsea Green Karen character on this show. Let's talk. We'll, let's- we'll- let's do it we'll do the interview and you know we'll ask questions like in wwe universe speak and everything people will we're setting the expectation right now you're not getting any scoops of when she was signed and her return and all of that she's already done that interview i want to do a kayfabe interview with chelsea green i'm into it i love it let's do it if we can make it happen wwe pr let's go uh, if you really, yeah, if you really want to hear all the other stuff, like go to Fightful and just search Chelsea Green. She just did out of character with Ryan Satin. So all that info's out there. But man, we could get some real fun content with this. Yeah. And I want to do all it. about content. I'm apparently the director of content on this website. You're the real DOC, not that Doc <laughs> Dallow's BS. Anyway. Uh, we got a few more minutes left. Let's let's shift over to AEW, double or nothing. Uh, I mean, Battleground is happening at the same time. We'll maybe touch on one or two matches. But uh, we talked with Andres Hale on Wednesday about the good and the bad coming into this uh, this pay-per-view. There's still some stuff that is up in the air. For example, the AEW Women's World Championship match is still up in the air. Even though Tony Khan said, you know, Jamie's ready to fight. Um there's still an episode of Rampage to air tonight, and we'll see where that goes. Ethan Page and the Guns versus the Hardys and Hook is now a thing. Uh, sorry, spoilers, but here we are. But that's on the buy-in, apparently, according to Tony. I mean, it, yeah, it should be. It should be, and that's something that we met that we talked with Andreas Hale about. Um, and there's again a lot. Of, we now know the 21 men in the battle royal. Uh, it includes. Ricky Starks, it includes Juice Robinson and Jay White. It includes Keith Lee 
and Swerve. A lot of people that we have been waiting to have blow-offs are not having their blow-off tonight or on Sunday night at the pay-per-view. Uh, this is a very interesting and frustrating card at the same time. What do you want to start with to uh, put a spotlight on, if you will? That's usually that's Thursday. Show. Sorry, you're right. That's, that's a different show. Yeah. Okay. Um, I look, it's, it's the pillar stuff. That's what's going to kind of carry and anchor this pay-per-view. And we, we've gone really in detail about the build and everything, but this is the, the first show that we've done since Wednesday. I thought they needed a home run segment on Wednesday. I don't think they got a home run segment on Wednesday. I think they got a lot of the same stuff that we've already seen with, okay, MJF is bringing back the 2024 thing. Like, all right, we got it. Your contract's up. You're the champion. Darby cut kind of a similar promo. And like, it wasn't bad or anything, but it's like, you've said this before. I would have preferred Darby just come out and start smashing him with a skateboard. Like, I'm tired of this talking stuff. Like, I'm here to punch you in the face. And then Jungle Boy and Sammy did backstage stuff that was there. And then they came out and, you know, Jungle Boy took out MJF and held the title and everything. I think we're getting a Jungle Boy heel turn out of this. If not, I don't know what they're doing with him. Um, and maybe it doesn't come on Sunday. Maybe it comes on the, the following episode of Dynamite. But I think coming out of this event, we're going to get a Jungle Boy heel turn. I think MJF retains. I think MJF and Darby can be carried as a singular program. So I guess Sammy is taking the fall. And then maybe Sammy can go off on his own because Jericho clearly don't care about him in this feud. They've been completely detached from each other. So Jungle Boy turning heel, yes. 100% yes. My only concern, they put him back with Luchasaurus and we're back to square one. But this time they're a heel tag team going after FTR. That's kind of what I think they're going to do with it. And I don't, again, I see the positive in doing it because we haven't seen Jurassic Express as a heel tag team. But we're going back to square one by doing it. And that's frustrating. It makes the last six months with Christian mean almost nothing. So that's, that's annoying. We'll see what they do. Um, I, I see in the chat, they're talking about jungle boy, cutting his hair, wearing a suit, joining MJF. See, that sounds bonkers, but it could it would be funny. I'm not mad at that. Honestly, I'm so not we'll mad at that. MJF taking him under his wing. And then of course, MJF turns on him. Cause MJF is despicable. Um, maybe, you know, jungle boy, is hip to the ways and he gets MJF first. Jungle Boy needs something though. He needs something because right now it ain't working. The edge was supposed to come when he beat Christian, no pun intended, but uh, he, when he, when he beat Christian and buried him alive, that was supposed to be the moment. Instead, yeah, well. they didn't do anything with it. And that's kind of frustrating. Darby Allen is Darby Allen. Nothing changes. Again, if Sting gets involved somehow, some way in this whole match, then there is an opportunity for Darby and Sting and MJF to continue going on. And then Sammy Guevara, they're still trying to push him as a potential uh, babyface. And you know what? Not the end of the world if you do it. It's just, if you're going to do it, you better have an idea in mind that's not, I said this on the TV show, now I need to make it happen. I think, I could be wrong. I think that coming out of this, we get a Sammy and Jericho feud i think sammy loses i definitely don't think he's winning the title whether he takes the pinfall or not he he's not he's not winning the match so he loses 
And then we do a Sammy and Jericho feud coming out of this. And Sammy's like, where were you? Where, why didn't I have any help? You abandoned me type of thing. And that's the feud for, for Sammy and Jericho uh, after this, uh, this event. Problem is, I don't think Cole and Jericho's ending after Sunday anymore. I did until they brought up friggin' Sabu. And then I was just like, oh, shit. They have a multi-man match planned after this, don't they? I don't think so. Sabu ain't working. No, no, no. I'm not saying Sabu is, but I'm saying the fact that they brought out a third man of any caliber to be a part of this means that they're potentially working towards somebody else who can do a match. Bob Fish, baby! (laughs) Bob Fish! Let's go! Check your voicemails, Bobby. I know you still Bobby Fish has one of those old school answering machines where it had the little tape that's like this big and he checks it and he forgot to turn it over because it ran out of tape to record on. That's what Bobby. That's why Bobby Fish isn't back yet. Tony Khan's been leaving voicemails, not even voicemails. He's been leaving answering machine messages on those little, little tapes, magnetic tapes, you know, Hey Bobby, call me back. Be great to see you. Tremendous night of wrestling ahead. We uh, we love you. We miss you. Uh, give me a call back. By the way, Tony Khan, uh, we love you. And uh, hey, it, did you do you remember that time back in like 1987 when you had a really great match against uh, who was it? Bobby Eaton. Yeah, do you remember that Bobby Fish? I remember getting him. It's just like a 15 minute diatribe, and he runs out of tape. And that's why Bobby Fish hasn't come back yet is because Tony Khan ate up the entire message tape. Bob Fish coming out of the pyramids right back into AEW, baby. Let's go. Yeah, he leaves the Luxor. <laughs> He's just like, I had the grand suite. They gave me the pyramid room. <laughs> uh, yeah, the unsanctioned match, I've said it once, I've said it again. It really does feel like Jericho wins and Adam Cole loses nothing in the process. And then they brought out Sabu. However, they also mentioned that Sabu's local to Vegas now. So it's more just like a home, home, hometown pop than anything else. So if it's just a one-off and they play it off and Sabu is the great equalizer, does something stupid on Sunday. By stupid, I mean like something hilarious and genocidal, suicidal and all that stuff. Uh, that's fine. But Adam Cole, it seems to be moving on to MJF if if the uh, the rumors are true we again we've we've discussed it here so uh who knows but i i don't see jericho losing i just don't i see if anything i see sabu turning on cole and strong and just being like he's my friend first you just paid me to show up but i've known this guy ever since ecw we had that one match one time and tony was there so clearly this guy's my friend i don't think sabu is doing anything more than just Throwing a chair, hitting somebody, hitting Hager with a chair. I don't think he's involved in any type of story on this. I think he does an air Sabu off of the top of one of the uh, the entrances onto the uh, you know into the arena onto tables. I think he's that far gone. He will do it. Maybe I hope he tries to do something because I want to see how that works and uh, see what he can do in 2023. Maybe fantastic, but I don't think we're getting too much out of Sabu. I I don't think he's involved in any type of story. I think Cole wins this match. Maybe he goes and he does the the feud with MJF that they didn't hint at, but were reportedly going to hint at, and then we do Jericho and, and Sammy and the for the Jericho Appreciation Society 
and the Jacko appreciation side needs something that feels like an act that just it's existing right now. Bless Daniel Garcia, bless all these guys for trying, but it ain't, ain't much happening with that group right now. Garcia loses at every turn 2.0 or they're there. Hager doesn't even wrestle. Uh, so but he, likes the group. he does. So that's just a group that just sort of exists right now. I think they need something and an inner turmoil type of feud can work. And maybe, maybe it elevates Sammy Guevara coming out of this. Maybe. Sabu's last match was 2021 in July. He can do some, you know, something. He can jump off the stage through a table and put Hager through a table. It'll be fine. I know what I'm, that's kind of where I am. That's, yeah. that's the move. Uh, Chuck Town Spurs with a super chat. Bobby, stop. This is Tony Khan. Stop. Can you make it to double or nothing in Vegas? Stop. <laughs> he sent it via messenger. He sends a singing telegram to Bobby Fish. <laughs> Pigeon carrier is how he gets Pigeon. there. That's right. Uh, uh, any, uh, what else on this card is interesting to me is uh, obviously anarchy in the arena. A lot of people have been talking about that, deconstructing that. By the way, happy birthday to Haley from Tag Talk. They do a lot of talk about not only tag team wrestling, but also a lot of elite lore. So this match is for them. Uh, and this happy birthday message is for you, Haley. I hope it's a wonderful day. So uh, I have nothing else uh, on the Anarchy in the Arena match unless you do. Do you, do you think we get like a Callus Takeshka involvement here? Because it, I thought it was, well, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Dynamite Go Home show. I didn't think it hammered into, hey, Double or Nothing is a must-see event on on Sunday. It's the thing of like, hey, if you watch Dynamite, you know the matches that were going to happen. You're either excited for them or not. Like Dynamite didn't do a whole lot to make you like, oh, now I really can't wait to see this. I thought the ending was a little on the weak side with the Young Bucks. All right, cool. They, they cost Claudio and Wheeler. Fine. I don't need an ROH tag team title match headlining Dynamite. Uh, before an AEW pay-per-view. But the Young Bucks are there. Kenny Omega was not there. We haven't gotten a whole lot when it comes to, to Callis and Takeshka coming out of um, coming out of the turn or anything like that. It feels like they got to play into this somehow. At least Callis. Maybe not Takeshka yet. Callis has got to be involved in this somehow. Yes, he does. Takeshka... Yes, he kind of does some because you've already introduced him and he's been eerily quiet on this whole thing. However, if he goes and he ends up joining Don and then realigning with or just aligning with Blackpool Combat Club, who's going to be on the elite side? And if it is Kota Ibushi and everyone's talking about it, that's great. But do you have Kota show up in the middle of this pay per view? And, he, and no, I, no, like how no, do you do? I it? don't think. I don't think you do Coda there. Um, I don't remember do a lot of shows, Joel Pearl. Um, Osprey is the link when it comes to Callus. Oh, and right. yeah, Osprey is, is the link there. And Takeshka actually stays kind of on the elite side. And Osprey, it, you know, Bullet Club just sort of like accepts him because uh, he's there and he hates Kenny Omega as well. But he's really the Callus is the link. To all of that. I don't know if you even have Osprey show up on this show either. I'm just Callus has got to be involved here. And if you're looking for links of how they can bring in somebody, if they don't have Coda, it, and you don't want to put 
uh, Takeshka uh, with Blackpool. Okay, then what makes sense? Osprey makes sense. I would have Bill Osprey show up on the Dynamite after Dominion. He's going to be the number one yeah. contender for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship at that point. He's probably going to beat Lance Archer at Dominion, on, and that's June the 4th. So June, what is that, the 7th? That's a couple of weeks. Uh, you could easily have him show up and take out Kenny Omega and be like, we have a match at Forbidden Door, and these are going to be my friends until then to protect me from your band of misfits known as the Elite. Bruv. I don't know if he needs to do like the friends type thing. I wouldn't even make it like that strong of an elite. He's got the United Empire. He doesn't need... He's got most of the United Empire. <laughs> Two of them oh, just started yeah. AEW and one of them is injured. That's a whole other can of worms, by the way. I, I don't know. I, happy they signed. Happy they get paid. Why do you sign a guy when he's injured? I still don't get that. Because it's a nice thing to do. I get it. It's a good faith thing to do, but like just from a, from a business standpoint, I don't understand it. I don't because it's, it, it's again, a nice thing to do, Joel. I I don't understand it. It feels like you're you're hoping you're investing in someone, and that's great. But that's a big there's a big risk on that investment. We don't know how long Mark Davis is going to be out, and we don't know what the injury entails him with rehab time uh, or how severely it can hamper his abilities coming out of it. I just, I don't know. I, I, again, I'm happy they signed somewhere. I also think they would have been signable once Davis is feeling better. A demolition war makes a good point. Just go ahead and sign them now until they, WWE reportedly had interests. Obviously new Japan w- would probably want them back in some capacity, but they can, can still work new japan kind of stuff like go ahead and sign them it's a good faith thing like you're over here looking at like business of like oh you're not making any money off of mark davis because he's hurt you could still use kyle fletcher as a singles guy you can still make the name you can still like use aussie open the name and keep them relevant like what's this tony khan how did that five hundred thousand to him how did that work for jay white well, Jay White wasn't injured, but Jay White was signed and brought in. And what are we doing with Jay White right now? Yeah, because they didn't have a plan for They Jay didn't White. have a plan for Aussie Open either, if this is the same story. Again, this is a good faith act, though, of let's <laughs> sign Aussie Open, let's pay Mark Davis while he's injured. Why are you, like, mad about that? I'm not mad about it. I'm wondering what the, like, w- what the point was at that, at that venture. Why not, if you're going to do it? The point is just, to be a good know, human being doesn't make sense in, in in this industry it doesn't make sense to me why you're going to pay the guy through this whole thing because again new japan could have also brought them back or at least done something in good faith clearly just, they weren't though that we know of it's true i mean yeah that we know of but like they didn't have contracts they said since the beginning yeah. of the year like if new right. japan wanted them they could have signed them at that point. And how, when do we know Aussie Open like actually signed? Did they sign before they get hurt? Because AEW will announce it at one point, and then we learn that oh yeah, they've actually been signed for like five months at this point. Like it's very possible they could have signed Aussie Open months ago, and they just now decided to announce it. And Mark Davis just got hurt a few weeks ago. 
feel like they were signed after Mark was injured. Just given the way that the New Japan stuff was going and their bookings, they didn't feel like they were just kind of there. You know, I feel like it was... I mean, yeah, they were... They were the IWGP tag title tag team champions. They were the New Japan strong tag team champions. It's a good faith signing. I feel like you're looking for negative reasons on this of like, oh, this doesn't make sense from a booking perspective or a financial perspective type of thing. Tony Khan ain't worried about money right now. He clearly ain't worried about like the booking aspect of it right now. He's just going to use Kyle Fletcher in random spots and move on from there. He was just trying to, he already paid for the guy's surgery. He already paid for Mark's surgery and everything. So now it's like, all right, well, I'm going to make sure he has a steady paycheck while he's injured because Kyle might lose out on bookings because typically they're only booked as a tag team. But it just seems like it was a nice thing to do. You're looking to be negative, Joel. I'm looking at the history of wrestlers dealing with Tony, the ones who are not happy. And I'm not trying to say that this is going to be a tag team that ends up being unhappy. I'm just saying that a lot of the time it's like, why, why did I come here to be put on the back burner? In this case, there's, this is forced. I mean, Kyle could be Kyle Fletcher could be brought in working as a singles competitor. And that's great. Um, at that point, why wouldn't you, I don't know. There's just, it just, if he's going to work ROH, yeah. he's going to work ROH shows and everything like Kyle, Kyle is he'll work the ROH tapings. He'll get steady work as a singles guy until Mark's back. Yeah. It just doesn't, if you've got this, this a one tag team that you wanted and you were going to have them against say FTR at forbidden door. Yeah. Listen, you can't do that match anymore. That should have been, I don't know. They just should have, they should have waited it out at least on the signing. And that's the other thing too. Fine. If you would sign them quietly and you've been sitting on it, I would have sat on it until Mark Davis was better. That's the other side of it. Like, again, forget, let's just, let's forget about why did you sign the hurt guy? I'm more interested in why did you announce the signing when the guy is hurt? That is more where I'm coming from. Why wouldn't you wait until Mark Davis was better? Keep using Kyle Fletcher and someone asked, just be like, tier deal, tier deal, maybe not, whatever it is. Why would you announce Aussie Open is signed and now we're all just, waiting on Dunkzilla to be back. That's really the crux of the situation. Why wouldn't you announce it? Why wait until Mark Davis is back? Maybe again, this might be just be... You have nothing to promote at that point. You're going to promote Kyle Fletcher alone? That's not Aussie Open. Aussie Open is a tag team. You don't have Again, this is just a a good faith thing. Again, this is... I don't... Let's... Again, take out the fact that Davis is injured and therefore can't compete. Now I'm talking about the announcement itself. Why would you make the announcement knowing that Mark Davis is unable to compete? Why wouldn't you hold off, bring in Kyle Fletcher for whatever you want to bring him in for, and then when Mark comes back, do a big angle, announce that Aussie Open signed together, then you get the graphic, and then it actually makes – it pushes you more towards the excitement of having Wait, Aussie this, Open on the roster. This might be a part where it's like, okay, well – let me get some praise out of this of, Hey, I signed this guy while he was hurt type of thing. And so now everybody's like, Hey, good, good job, Tony. You signed Aussie open while, you know, Mark was hurt and we're going to use Kyle and everything. Like, they so could have kept it under. Amigo? Yeah. Keep it under wraps until it matters on TV or matters to the actual stories you're telling. 
I feel like you're just being negative here, Joel. You're I'm just really trying not. To be- I'm just asking why not. It's not about why are you signing the hurt guy at this point. It's why are you announcing that you signed them both when you don't have outwardly a plan for them? You can give them money and you can have them work your show or have Kyle in this case, Kyle Fletcher work the show while Mark Davis is still getting paid at home to rehab and, and get well. Why would you just, why wouldn't you hold off on, on announcing that you signed them until you have two healthy tag team competitors who are together, make their debut as a tag team officially on the roster together. Why does it hurt that they announced the signing now? Because he just he completely wasted an opportunity to announce that he has an A1 tag team under his belt. But now he can't, he can't go back to that because I have an A1 tag team under my belt. Great. Will they be on the show? No, unfortunately, half of them is unavailable. Yeah, but Kyle's still on the show. Kyle's a singles wrestler now. Don't tell me you have an A1 tag team if you can't bring the tag team but they're still going to use Kyle. And now everybody in anticipation when Mark Davis is going to come back, they'll be excited for him. It's like, oh, they're signed by AW. Let's go. Mark Davis is here too. That just sounds like a, oh, he's here now. Welcome. It, just, it feels He's like going to get a big pop when he comes back from the, the injury and everything. And he's actually back in action. I just don't, I don't Tony know. sees the value when... Tony sees the value when he returns. When they return, Tony is just like, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and sign these guys and because I know they're going to be – now I know they're here long-term. And once Mark is healthy, we'll be good, we'll be good to go. They've signed so I, many people without the graphic. Why would you sign them and give them the graphic when you don't have the tag team to work with? It's a graphic. Why do you care so much about this graphic? Because RJ City didn't get one. Because RJ City didn't get one. It does matter. That's right. Where's my RJ City graphic? They gave Will Washington the graphic. They gave Will the graphic. RJ City deserves the graphic, too. I mean, I agree with you. And Aussie Open deserves the graphic. When they are able to do the work together. They've been on the show before. They're likely going to be at Forbidden Door until Mark got hurt. Kyle's going to continue to be on the show. What do you want to do? Just announce Kyle Fletcher? Just be like, hey, we've signed Kyle Fletcher and we're going to continue to use in some capacity, whether it be AEW or ROH, but we haven't signed Mark Davis yet. You bring Kyle Fletcher in for all these other announced shows, that's fine. Again, they have tiered deals. I'm not saying sign them to a tiered deal, but my point is, you have Kyle, you keep bringing Kyle in, no one's going to bat an eyelash. AEW has made it a thing that when somebody is signed against the graphic, it's a big deal. Okay? This is a big deal that, in my opinion, they've squandered because they don't have the tag team. They have one. Actively wrestling. Kyle can do as much as he wants, and I'm sure he'll do great work as a single star. He's already proven that when he had the match against Orange Cassidy this past week. But now we're waiting on Aussie Open to come in and be a tag team. But I feel like a lot of that's going to fade because... I've already had the graphic. Like, there's no, there's no surprise, is what I'm saying. There's no real surprise here. And I wanted something bigger for Aussie Open when they are able to be a tag team together in AEW. They signed. What bigger thing do you want? You just wanted them to get the graphic when they're able to be a tag team in AEW. When you, when you make them a big deal, absolutely. 
when that, you this is the big are, thing. This is the big thing. I think that, and I don't think that I'm overreacting to anything when it's we talk graphic. a lot about stories. But when we talk a lot about the stories and the building and the the way in which people are presented on these shows, for better or worse, the graphic tends to be a big part of their stories. They did Stu Grayson is all elite again. And then I don't know if Stu Grayson's been back on the show. He's on ROH most weeks. You're putting way too much stock in the graphic and you're being way too negative when it comes that Aussie open signed these deals. I don't think I'm being negative about Aussie open getting paid. I really don't. You are. Cause you're like, why would you do it? Why would you sign them? Yeah. Listen, I got that. And and I got over that again. I said it at the beginning. It's good that they signed. It's good. They're getting paid. I still wondered why Tony decided at that moment to announce that he signed them both knowing that he had one. Cause Tony loves the pop. He's going to have another pop and you know, in three months from now, he's going to have another signing to give the graphic to. We don't know how long Mark Davis is going to be out for either. Go go ahead and give him this feel-good moment of like, hey, we know Mark Davis is being taken care of during his injury. This is good news for everybody. Hey, that's that's fine. I hope he gets well and I hope it's quick. I just feel like the announcement could have been more impactful. That's all. I don't think it's an announcement on Twitter. There ain't too much impact. It's going to be on this. We're putting way too much stock in like, Hey, here's a a big announcement on, on Twitter here. I mean, most of that fan base lives on social media. Sure. But it's not like it was a willow deal where they gave her the graphic on, you know, it showed up on the screen on rampage. That was a big announcement type of deal. This is just, you know, this is just, it was on Twitter. Tony does these types of announcement seemingly weekly at this point. That's a whole other can of worms, by the way, <laughs> that, we, that we won't get into. Um, but with Double or Nothing on the horizon, is there anything else on this card that we should spotlight? Again, that's the Thursday show, my bad. CM Punk's going to come back and Tony Khan's going to tweet, CM Punk is still all elite and they should hold off on the graphic until collision when he is officially back that's what that's what and he's been all elite and they've been paying him this whole time yes aw has been all elite this entire time that's the graphic (laughs) but he doesn't does he show up at double or nothing i mean we talked about it on wednesday are you still firm that he does not show up at double or nothing was i firm that he did my opinion we were were both pretty firm about that i feel like we're both pretty firm about it I probably said one thing on one show and then said another thing on another show. I play both sides. That's no, well, you're never wrong. I get it. I get it. Really get it. I'm going to go on a podcast later on and praise the Aussie Open signing as like the greatest. <laughs> Listen, I know we got we got pretty uh, we got pretty heated in that conversation, but I also again, I think people should understand that I really am happy that they got signed. I really am happy that Mark Davis is getting paid. The only thing that I'm critical of is just the thought process. That's all I'm saying is just how you how you market and how you put out this information. That's really what it is. Can't wait until Kyle Davis or Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis are on this show. <laughs> beat the show. Beat the shit out of me. I, I get them to beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> you have to call up this clip. 
Yeah. You know, Joel was very upset that they announced the signing months before it happened. Could you guys, like, you know, pile drive him and just, like, just give him a good old nice forearm? I'd be like, yeah, sure. That sounds great, mate. Gonna do the Aussie everything. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Punk, double or nothing, no or yes? I kind of think no, but like I also think yes. Um, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. I think they're saving it for collision. I think they're going to continue to hint around it and everything. They might tease it. So I don't know if you caught this on Monday, Joel, during the uh, Orange Cassidy and Kyle Fletcher match. There was that like hint of static in the middle of the match, and it didn't pick up like a ton of buzz, and it didn't happen from what I saw the rest of the night. But people were kind of like, hey, was that meant to happen or was that a hint at something? So I think there might be like a hint of of more punk to come. I don't think he actually shows up, though. Yeah, I think the hinting is going to be there. Who's going to wear the uh, Cookie Monster shirt this time? And the (laughs) Magnet shirts? Because it ain't going to be Kenny, tell you that much. Well, I don't know if it's going to be anybody unless uh, Black. Oh, let MJF do it. Let MJF do it. MJF might do it. Yuta should do it just to like really troll and lean into things. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, we'll see if anybody hints in that type of manner. I do think we'll get some type of hint uh, when it comes to, to CM Punk. Uh, But I don't think he's going to be there though. Although I wouldn't be mad if they did MJF wins and then, Hey, here comes old Phil to, to close the show and we get the confrontation. But then there's the expectation of the press conference and stuff. And I think they're trying to delay all of that as much as they can. Wouldn't be surprised if they say Saturday night, June 17th, join us after collision for a special press conference with CM Punk and Tony Khan. Really? They used to do that in the early dynamite days. They would do like the press conferences. I think after like the first dynamite, they held one. And then there was another big one early on where they did a press conference. Um, the could... only problem is if they do that, it's going to be a lot of people wanting to ask the questions. And a lot of Tony Khan being like, we're not talking about that next. And then it's yeah. just take the air out of the tires for everybody. Going to be a lot of no comments yeah. on that. And then I think you're going to get a lot of frustration of like, well, what would that press conference accomplish? They couldn't talk about the only thing we wanted them to talk about. Join us for a no comment extravaganza <laughs> after AW Collision. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I think CM Punk. I think CM Punk in his first promo, which I assume will be that Collision show. I think him in his first promo, he's going to address kind of what needs to be addressed, and he'll play it a story type of thing. But Punk ain't the guy who's just going to be like, "Yeah, I ain't commenting on none of this." He'll talk. He'll talk around it. He'll say what he can say. He's he's calculated when it comes to that. But he ain't the guy who's just going to be like, "Yeah, we're just going to ignore it," and I'm going to say absolutely nothing this man held on to that hangman line for like five months after he already beat hangman and took the title and everything he ain't somebody that's just gonna be like i can let that go wouldn't it be funny if he shows up to a press conference stack of papers just slams him on the table and he's like and first question someone asked the question he looks through and he's like does it say i can't talk about it in this okay hold on one sec (laughs) (laughs) oh it's there, number 28. Sorry, uh, no comment. Next question. How's your dog? Oh, shit. I think that's number 84. One sec. Just, and that's the very good. 
I just got to say Larry's good. Can't say anything else about it. Anybody got any questions about the hockey Stanley Cup playoffs going yes. on? Vegas probably Wayne. in the final by this point. Questions yeah. about that? The, the the playoffs will be over by then. The last possible date is the 18th of June for Game Seven. Well, then it wouldn't be over if we have a Game Seven on the 18th. Let's face it, we will not have a Game Seven in the Stanley Cup Finals. Wow, bold prediction by Joel Pearl. No Very Game Seven bold. in the Stanley no Cup. Final ever, none anyway. It's Friday, there's so much to do this weekend. Jeremy, plug it, and then we'll talk about what's happening on these channels this weekend. Yeah, look, we we didn't cover like half of what we could have covered. Uh, New Japan Best of Super Juniors, yeah, there's an NXT show. Look, at this point, we're over time, so like anything you want to talk about from, from NXT. Will Joe Gacy win the North American Championship? <laughs> I mean, I think Carmella, he will. That's the one. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think it's astounding that Tyler Bates been in WWE for two decades now and is only at the NXT North American title level. It feels like he should have progressed a little bit further by now. But what can you do? Stratton winning the women's title. That seems like a foregone kind of conclusion. Seems there. like I do love Lyra Valkyria. I've put her over a million times on other shows. I've been watching her since she was Valkyrie in God Pro Wrestling Eve on the on the UK, then her NXT UK stuff. She's she's wonderful. She's one to watch. She's very young, very good. Okay. And then you know, the rest of the Carmelo probably beats Braun. I don't know where Braun goes after that. Let's I go heel Braun run here. Well, I mean, I don't think he'll have the title, but a heel Braun run going after some challengers, having some real stories would be fine. I don't know who. Chase you? No, we've already done that. <laughs> Creed Brothers? You think Creed Brothers win the tag titles? I feel like they no, should. I don't think they do. That's a shame. I think Gallus still has some uh, some heat on them. I think there's still an opportunity to tell stories. But uh, Creed Brothers, I don't know what they're going to do with them. I could see Braun getting a tag partner and beating up on the Creeds. All right. Um... And Dragunov and, and Dijak, I hate last man standing. No ladder match on this show. Sean's right. lost his touch, honestly. It's true. We should probably ask him at the next conference call. Sean, yeah. where was LJ to ask that? I don't remember. Yeah, Ella L- actually had a good question about um, Blair uh, Davenport. About, yeah, Blair Davenport. She had a good question about Blair Davenport. But where, why didn't nobody ask about where, why no ladder match, Sean? Are you feeling okay? You're Nobody right. asked about ladder matches. Nobody asked when NXT is coming to Mexico or Latin America or Australia. <laughs> none, none of the none of the stereotypical has to be their questions. I'm very upset. <laughs> you let us down, NXT media call people. It's because I didn't get a chance to get on the media call. I was too busy transcribing stuff uh, instead of you know being on as part of the call. Yep. Uh, and then honestly, the only other thing I have to say. Thank you to uh, Speedball Mike Bailey for having a hell of a showing in Best of Super Juniors. He's not going to the finals. Master Watto beat him last night or this morning. Uh, Questionable call, in my opinion, when you've got the A-block winner who's on a tear having a great, great uh, tournament. But whatever, it's not my company, so I'm sure there's something in place for those finals. Uh, But Speedball, hell of a tournament. I think Watto might win this whole thing. I don't know if Teton's going to gonna win it he's largely a cmll guy so it feels like wado might win this thing the two number two seeds beat the two number one seeds in this uh in the tournament in the semifinals so upset baby they 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 saw how the any uh 
NHL and NBA playoffs were working with the Miami teams, the two eight seeds uh, in the East, potentially going to the finals. One's definitely going. Another one might go. Um, They're like, yeah, let's go with the upsets here. Whenever I hear Teton and the way they pronounce it, I think of that episode of The Simpsons where Bart loses his soul. And then as he's running, there was something it's like, Bart's going, oh no, it was the lemon tree episode. He's tutoring kids in Shelbyville. And then Homer just yells, Teton, son, Teton. And now I just think, Teton, son, Teton. Anyway, there's a lot of stuff going on this weekend in wrestling. In fact, under siege is tonight. Uh, tomorrow is Afternoon of Champions. And then you've got Sunday is Battleground and AW Double or Nothing. There will be post shows for all of those shows between Fightful and Fightful Select and maybe even Overbooked. Now that I know that Rampage is airing at its regular time, I feel like our Under Siege review might just have to air on Overbooked as well, which is, which is what it is. <laughs> you can be I, mad, Joel. I can be little, mad. I'm a little annoyed, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. Um, plenty of stuff. All the scoops at FightfulSelect.com. I'm not going to shill it anymore. Jeremy, plug, let's go home. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter. Follow AEW new signees Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis on Twitter at Dunkzilla. I think love that handle, by the way. Dunkzilla <laughs> is the best handle in wrestling. And then Kyle Fletcher Pro. There you go. And at Kyle Fletcher Pro. Follow them on Twitter. And congratulate and them. God and tell him he did a good job with the sign. <laughs> congratulate <laughs> them on signing with all elite wrestling and give them a justified. This is awesome. Chance. Go watch the media call that I did yesterday. Joel was allegedly there as well. Thanks, Joel. Thanks. Great show today, Joel. Thanks, Jeremy. I am at Joel Pearl, J O E L P E A R L. We'll be back on Monday morning to get in the weeds with y'all after all of these shows, there will be wrap-ups. There will be people to talk I'm to. I'm going to be a zombie on my Tony's going to be talking until uh, 3 a.m. Then I'm going to be doing this show at 10. Oh, Monday let, show. It's going to be something. Let's get Tony Khan to join us because he'll be filibustering in uh, Vegas at that hour. I'll send him the link. See what let's happens. Go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, friends, be on the binary. We'll see you on Monday. Take care and cheers. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.